All right, we're live. Uh, welcome, everybody. We're going to wait a little bit just to get some people in the room, and then we'll get started. Hell yeah. We got some good stuff to talk about this week. For sure. How's everybody doing? Storm might kick Steven out, so we're just on the – we're prepared. Yeah. If y'all hear loud thunder or if I just cut out completely, I apologize in advance. My power's run out a couple times today, so hopefully hopefully we're good for a minute, but I'm good with all the setup stuff I got to do here. What's up, Jeff? May May the 4th be with you t- today, and uh, glad you liked Bad Batch. I haven't watched all of Clone Wars, so I really I can't get into Bad Batch because I haven't watched Clone Wars, and I've tried. It's just such a dedication to get through that whole thing. I mean, there's hundreds of episodes, so... Uh, I know it's really good and I know a lot of people like it and all, and, but it's kind of scattered and like some episodes are better than others. And we're talking about a star Wars cartoon series, by the way, Steven, but yeah, like, I have no it's, idea. it's, it's pretty advanced, especially like in the story and stuff. And so, um, bad batch is the sequel to that. And that just came out today. So. Gotcha. Yeah. Happy star Wars day to everybody who's a star Wars fan. And to me, like, there there just hasn't been a lot. Like, they announced a couple of figures. I ended up buying a figure at Walmart.com exclusive, and it was under a code name Louisiana. But it it sold out anyways because people knew that it was an exclusive. So I bought it, and it turns out it's some, like, admiral uh, from Bad Batch that I have no idea about or anything. So... I can cancel my orders. No big deal. It doesn't ship till September, but it just shows you, you know, um, that that's pretty much it. 49ers fan for like, that's very ironic. You asked me that while I'm wearing a Minnesota Vikings Jersey, I'm into football as well. I, I I'm into plenty of stuff. I'm just not really into like movies that are coming out right now. And I was never really into funny, though, like, up. you like, you liked movies as a kid. It just, it just, it just changed when you got older. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, every now and then, like, something might come around that, like, I get really interested in, but it's all the same story. It's all, you're watching the same thing over and over, and, like, to keep reinvesting, like, an hour and a half over and over to the same story where you know, like, within minutes, like, this person's going to marry this person, or that's going to happen to that. It's like, it just, just doesn't, and everything now is a retread of something from before. I mean, you can say the same thing about wrestling, though. Like, a lot of storylines are just the same stuff over and over again. Yeah, you could. I just think with with pro wrestling, I like it more because it's like it's like the person is the actor and the athlete and the stunt person and the person who has to do the lines and it's all live and it's I I just respect it a lot more than like an art where you're reading lines that somebody else wrote and you have like a thousand different times to like try to get the right shot and the right clip. I mean, it's like it's just not that I'm, it's impressive to me how it's all edited together to like give you this like really cool production that so many people want to see, but that's why I like wrestling so much. And then, yeah, I I like plenty of sports, but yeah, mainly, uh, mainly MMA and uh, professional football. So, and then I mean, Mighty Ducks Ducks Game Changers and watching every episode of that. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good stuff. Um, Did you, did you pay attention to your draft at all? I did. I'm actually, from what I'm hearing, because I don't watch college football closely, but from what I'm hearing, what I've seen so far and the breakdowns and what I've read and everything, it sounds like the Vikings had a really, really good draft. And it sounds like we're plugging the holes that we needed to, and we're setting up potentially the quarterback of our future with Mond, if the things don't work out with Cousins. So 
I, I'm, I mean, I'm very Ma- happy. Mon was one of those guys that was definitely like the second round type quarterback that like had potential that like it, after the five, it was probably Mon and Trask. Like those were the two and Trask went to Tampa Bay with, to, you know, Tom Brady and stuff. And then uh, Mon went to you guys. So it, it's cool that you at least have something in the pipeline. If you, you know, you and cousins move on from each other. So um, that was a good thing. Um, our draft, man, we just kept getting wiped out from other teams. Like the two corners that we wanted, J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertan went eight and nine, and we picked a ten. So then we mm-hmm. traded back with Philly, gave them Devonte Smith, which is just going to be a nightmare. But then we got a third round pick in it, and then we got Micah Parsons. And I mean, if you go back and look at like before you know the pandemic and all that, like Micah Parsons was talked about as the best defensive player in the draft, like huge star, like the whole nine. And I mean, he's a beast. He's a linebacker though. So that's the only thing that bothers me is like, I don't love spitting high picks on linebackers just because they're kind of like the running back of the defense and they don't last very long. And uh, so, but we were getting gashed the past couple of years in the run. So it's just nice to know that like we have depth at linebacker, really good depth at linebacker. And we're really dedicated to stopping the run. So it's just going to be able to allow us to attack the pass. And and uh, I think that's going to change our defense a lot. Yeah, it sounds like that's going to be good for y'all's future then. So, I mean, I'm just happy that football's kind of almost, I mean, not back, but, you know, it's starting to feel like it's like things are starting to happen. Well, like, we're, we're, I mean, we're not too far away, you know, like we're already in May and then all of a sudden it'll be June and then you'll have OTAs if they allow them. And then, you know, August is preseason. So, I mean, we're not that far away at all. Like, I don't know about you, but as you get older, man, years just start flying by. Like I remember when it was December, like it was yesterday and here we are in May. So I feel the same wild. way. I feel the same way. And I know part of it is probably like the pandemic and all that. Like this past year's has been very strange, but like I feel the same exact way. Like I, my birthday is coming up later this month and I feel like it literally just happened. Like I like that's what that's when it hits for me is like, wait, I'm about to have another birthday. I feel like I just this just happened. Uh Corey, what's up, man? Welcome back. Thanks for coming in, Corey. Um yeah, there's only three preseason games, Jeff, but there's actually going to be four uh, for the Cowboys because we play the Hall of Fame game. So we'll get four preseason games. So don't love that because it gives a chance for more injuries. But at the same point, man, we have a really young group of guys, so they need the work. So it, we have – and, I mean, not only that, we traded back with Philly and we used all 11 picks. So we we used 11 – we had 11 draft picks. So we got a lot of guys that we need to see and see what they're good at and all that stuff. So um, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. How many – how many draft picks this year do you think are going to start for the Cowboys? Maybe like five out of that 11, but then you also have practice squad and you have stuff like that. So, and there's also like just utility players like that'll just come in and, but I mean, death's important, man. You're now have to play 17 games in a season. So you're, you're going to go through guys like crazy. So just to be able to have a mid tier guy, it, it, it'll be, very beneficial. So. Yeah, that's. I was. I was happy <clears throat> with because the Vikings with their first pick, they took that uh, 
that offensive lineman. I can't think of his name off the top of my head for some reason, but he looked Darishaw. He looks yeah. solid. You know, I saw him like right. this is awesome. Then a few picks later, they wound up picking a guard, and it was like, well, like we're already probably okay there, but it was going to be really nice to have him as a potential starter or as like you just said, like we're you, you're going to have to have deep teams on offense and defense, especially with this extra game and everything this year. So I like that they're that there's. It looks like the, I mean, I don't want to get my hopes up because it's the Vikings and they've never won the Super Bowl, but like, I. How do you feel about Justin Fields coming into the division? Did you see that? He's, he went to the Bears. Yeah. I mean, the Bears fans seem very happy about that. Um, yeah. As I guess they should be. I mean, and this, oh, this Aaron Rodgers thing looks real, man. I was about to say that that's really what, you know, it's funny because the Vikings, Bears, and Lions fans are all on the same team when it comes to that. We're all like, yeah, get him out of this division as soon as possible. Don't care if he retires. Don't care if he gets traded. I mean, if he comes to Minnesota, that'd be great. I've been saying that the whole time, but, you know, that's not going to happen. So it's, yeah, I, I want to see that um, for sure. Got to figure out who – Whoever's yeah. in the chat too, don't worry, guys. We'll we'll get to wrestling. You're just gonna knock out a couple of football topics, and then we'll get to wrestling. Um, but yeah, he's. This is my thing, though. What I don't understand is he's played with the Packers for 16 years. They have drafted his replacement. Mm-hmm. He wants out. Why not just let him go? Like just trade him. Like at the end of the day, well, what do you need him for? He he showed you that when he played the very best that he could, he still couldn't when get to the Super Bowl. So like, I don't understand the point in keeping him. He's not happy. Yeah, I, I mean, I I want to see as much disarray as humanly possible in the Packers organization. Like, I want this yeah. to drag out as long as possible. I want there to be. I want by the time Aaron Rodgers leaves, it to be that that whole franchise is screwed. Like, I want right. them. I want them to ruin it all. But yeah, if I if I was a Packers fan, I would want them to figure this out immediately. And the thing, the thing with Aaron Rodgers is like in the team's defense, like, you know, they have to set up their future, but on his yeah. perspective, it's like, they don't even have the courtesy to like keep you in the loop. on little thing. Like even Kirk cousins was, was told before that this draft, they're going to draft another quarterback. It isn't to compete with you, but we're setting up the future. You only have two years left. You don't want to sign an extension. Like, we have we can't just you can't leave all the negotiating power on Kirk Cousins' head or, or on Aaron Rodgers where where when their contracts run out, then there's no backup plan. Now they're gonna ask for even more money than they you already feel like you're overpaying them. So like yeah. so I mean I, I get the team's perspective, but I also get his perspective where it's like everyone else gets a heads up. I'm the MVP of the league and you're not giving me you're not keeping me in the loop on on decisions like this. Like I it's so I'm, I, but I'm happy to see it all blow up. And it sounds like he'd be just as happy, you know, hosting Jeopardy and not even playing football. Yeah. So just do your thing, Aaron. He's, and he's great on the McAfee show to his credit. He really is. So, yeah, yeah. no, he's an intelligent guy. And I mean, like, like I said, you play for 16 years. Like, there's no shame in hanging it up if that's what he wants to do. And if he wants to play somewhere else, I think the Packers should absolutely trade him. I don't see any point in keeping Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay at this point. I think it's over. Um, but yeah, let's let's get into this. This is a huge, huge week for AEW. It is blood and guts. Um, the match is basically war games. Jericho says it's got a little bit of difference to it, but it is war games. Um, I think that this thing has been held off for a long time. 
you know, they wanted to do this right before the pandemic. I mean, this is when AEW was really on a high. This is when they were really thriving. This was after Revolution. It was going to be the elite versus the inner circle. I mean, you couldn't have two bigger groups face each other. And then the pandemic happened. And you just can't have this type of match with no crowd. So um, I think that this is a huge, huge week for AEW. Um, They've been promoting this. They've been trying to put this over. I'm a little worried it being on free TV just for the simple fact of like, how many commercial breaks are we going to have? And like, you know, like you don't want to be taken out of the moment too much. Um, but I do think it's very cool too, that people get to see this and see like what AEW represents. But to me, if like you have not watched AEW, if you've chosen to kind of skip on AEW, like tomorrow is a huge, huge opportunity to see what this company is about. And I just hope that they hit a home run with this thing. Like, I, I feel like there's a lot of pressure and they've hyped this thing up. And like, you know, Jericho's like, you know, we're going to tell a good story and all that. But like, bro, you got to go out there and make this thing look like a cage match. You've really got to go deliver. Um, I have high expectations for this. Anything less than than like if it's just good or OK, I think it's a huge miss. This is a this is one they have to deliver on. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of eyes on this, I think, because uh, from what I'm hearing, they were <laughs> from what I'm hearing. That's Bill, uh, by the way. Oh, hey, Bill. Um, from what I'm uh, from what I'm understanding, they're they're heavily advertising it during the NBA commercials and stuff too. So, oh, really? Yeah, and obviously on TNT and everything. So, like. I mean, I'm not I'm not one of those people who even really cares about the ratings, right? Like when people bring that up, even last week when people were like, Oh, AEW got nine hundred thousand viewers, they're gonna they're dying out already. It's like it was still almost a million viewers and it was up against well, like like the president talked that night or something. It's like it's nine hundred thousand to a million is that's not that big of a difference, y'all. So, anyways, well, and then I heard people like, "Well, like it's not like wrestling fans would listen to Joe Biden, but yeah, your parents would." And I know a lot of thirty-year-olds live with their parents, so there's a lot of, uh, and, and I mean, it got twenty-six million viewers overall. So, like, that's that's a huge chunk of the American audience not watching anything besides that speech. So, it absolutely affected the ratings. Right. So, so even in let's say even if it didn't, right? Hypothetically speaking, even if it didn't, that's still nine hundred thousand viewers. That's still not like a bad week of of wrestling ratings. And yeah. I think with, and I'm going to go out on a limb here. I think between the buildup, the promotion, the extra promotion. And everything they've put into this, I would not be surprised. I mean, Raw got, I think, last week their rating was like, I think I saw like a 1.8 or something. Um, yeah. I think AEW is going to come pretty close to that on Wednesday. Like, I think they're going to hit like one and a half. I really do. I want 1.5. That's, 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 that's my saying. goal. That's but, my but, goal. But my thing is, like, if they hit 1.5, let's just say hypothetically they hit 1.5 and Raw's at 1.8 or whatever, and people, oh, they still lost by 300,000. You're talking about a show that's been established yeah. for decades. That's what. That's another thing people, I feel like, just don't talk about enough. Raw has been on for decades. 
the USA Network, whether it was WWF, WWE, ECW, they have had Monday night or some sort of wrestling on USA Network for almost almost consistently for decades. TNT didn't have wrestling for 20 years after WCW went down. This company's been around for less than two years, and we're talking about comparable ratings to the most established show ever in the wrestling industry. Like, yeah. people need to chill out a little bit on these expectations and thinking, like, that things need to happen so quick. I think they are in a great spot. And if they have – if they hit over a million viewers, if they hit close to a million and a half even for, for Blood and Guts – I mean that's that's a huge win. Even if it even if it trickles back down to around a million or so, like it's going to build. It's just it's yeah. a new thing still. There's still a lot of wrestling fans who are called like, quote unquote lapsed fans who left after who left after the Monday Night Wars. And I think that some of those people are still willing to come back to wrestling if they really realize yeah. like the AEW is a good show. Yeah, for sure. I mean I know people that are very loyal to the WWE and like watch AEW and laugh at it for the most part. But like, if you deliver something like blood and gut should deliver, it's going to be hard to laugh at. Like, like, well, I'm not going to lie. That was pretty good. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm hoping for. That's what I hope because when they order or when they saw um, revolution and they saw the dud explosion, it's easy to crap all over AEW, Right. But like, sure. And it's easy to crap on him that the surprise was Christian and not CM Punk or Brock Lesnar or whatever. But, like, this is a war game. This should be a highly entertaining match. This should, this, you don't need a lot of explanation for what's going on. It's it's all right there. Um, it, this thing, it just has to deliver. I hope it's not – gets to, like, too hokey in the storyline or too gimmicky or they do something stupid. But at the end of the day, I trust them. I think they're going to have a great – great match um and i think that it'll be one of those that like will kind of wonder if that was the best match in dynamite history so far you know what i mean like that's that's the type of expectation that i have for this match yeah and that's i think that's a reasonable explanation for this kind of situation and especially like with with what you mentioned with the failed explosion and all that like this is they they know they need to deliver on this show and it's been hyped up and built up and it's a concept like you said earlier they've been holding off on for a whole year. I mean, they wanted to do this long ago and they're, they're picking and choosing their spot. And like, this is the, feel like the time's right. And I mean, it's, uh, I'm, I want to know what y'all's thoughts are too in the chat. I see people in the chat saying 1.5 is kind of the expectation. I think a lot of fans have, if, if yeah. y'all, if y'all want your, your questions and comments read a hundred percent, send those super chats. So make sure to address every one of those. And also the thumbs up guys, while I'm thinking about it, I think we're at, we're at about 12 thumbs ups. We're at 12 thumbs ups on the videos and that helps us a ton. Y'all have been killing it for us. So those thumbs ups help, help us more than you understand. If you don't mind smashing that like button, we would really appreciate that too. Um, for sure. But yeah, it seems like 1.5 kind of be, it kind of seems like the number people are expecting, which that's a high expectation, but I think it's reasonable for this. Yeah. Like I, and I think that that's that's a win, man. And then hopefully after that, you you've converted some fans. And they now will watch your show weekly. You know what I mean? Um, what's weird about this too is like how close it is to the pay per view. Yet not one match has been announced for the pay per view. Yeah. So that's and and normally the pay per view has like extensive buildup, and it's 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 just a weird situation. Um, I'm hoping that after this match is over, like it is just heavy double or nothing, heavy, 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 um, to promote it. And 
from what it looks like, there's going to be like probably around 18,000 fans at the show tomorrow. And I hope that that sets kind of the new standard um, for, for future shows that we can keep advancing this thing. Um, it, Cause you know, like, I don't know if you watched the draft, but like there are tons of people out there in Cleveland just partying it up. And um Jake Paul's dumbass on Triller, he had like a little concert to celebrate in like Miami. I mean, there's probably like 20,000 people there just sucking each other's face. Like did I, I just feel like for whatever reason, people are really attached to not letting this thing go, this this pandemic. And I think we're so close. We're, we're even past the halfway mark. And yet there's just people like, well, I'm still going to do this until forever. And I, I don't think you need it. Like, no, like once, once you've taken care of yourself, you can go out and live your life. And so I just hope that that's the type of mindset that they have. Um, and, and really start to push this thing through touring the whole nine. Like we need to open this thing up. We're getting, we're getting way too close. It's almost about to be June. So, uh, I just think that this is the new the new start of getting back to normal starts tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, we've gotten a couple feelings of that with, like, the UFC. And, uh, and I'm speaking of that, what that sucks. I, I, don't, that, uh, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't even really want to talk about it. I, I probably couldn't sleep till, like, 2.30 in the morning because I was just absolutely sick. Yeah. And they right. got pulled. Yeah, yeah. it's awful. It's, but, it's uh, terrible. But yeah, as and far not as only the, that, like it's it's not like you just you lose a fight, you're not gonna get another fight either because it's too short of notice. So it's just like you're getting the same card even though you were you spent way more money for a different card. Um but man, that's just the nature of the beast. It's just part of the fight game. It happens, I get it, it just sucks. Yeah, for sure. At least they've pushed it back only one you know, one month, but that's still yeah. if you're going live like you are. I yeah. mean, if I was a fan that I'm not going live or anything, I I wouldn't give a crap. I'd be like, all right, we'll see you in a month. Who cares? No big deal. But like I have my heart set on seeing Nate Diaz live and like now that he's not there and he never pulls out of fights, like ever. So I'm just I'm gutted. It sucks. I feel like Tony's gonna get bumped up into the 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 main the co-main event and that's that'll probably be it and we'll get the same car we were gonna get so what's uh what is it Tony and who uh, Dariush oh that's right yeah that'll be a good fight though yeah no I, there's tons of good fights it's just yeah I know, I know I know I know I know I know exactly how you feel I mean I don't know how you feel because I'm not going but I I if yeah. I was in your shoes I get it yeah no it's all good it's all good. But yeah, hopefully that, that my point though was like that there's, you know, we're getting little glimpses of it and, you know, and eventually it will all open up again. I mean, it was even nice when I went out to Nashville um, this, uh, this past Saturday and I got to meet Dan Severn and went to that grand opening for Music City <laughs> Toys. How was that? It was really, it was great actually. And like, they only let a certain amount of people mm-hmm. in the store at each time. It's kind of a small uh, spot, but <laughs> Yeah. Like, you know, no one was wearing masks. You know what I'm saying? Like the people who wanted to were, but like it wasn't required. And like right. you could tell, like, you know, the people that were like my dad was there. My dad's been fully vaccinated. So he's like, yeah. he's good to go. You know, like right. my you know, uh the people that were running this like same kind of thing. I've 
Dan Severin didn't have a mask on. I'm, I, I don't want to assume, but I'm assu- I mean, I'm going to assume he was probably vaccinated if he felt comfortable right. being there without a mask. I mean, it, it, it was the most normal I felt in public in a very long time. And it was in, yeah. once again, it was still pretty controlled. They only let a certain amount of people in at a time, but, and we weren't all like right on top of each other, but we were, it felt normal and like it, and yeah. everyone's, everyone's fine. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, um, so, but, but the actual, it was, it was cool. Cause, uh, it sounds like Severn wants to do uh, my podcast sometime soon. So that'll be, that'll nice. be fun. Um, and he's getting me uh they're getting me a free signed glove to give away for the podcast. So that'd be cool. Um, cool. But uh, yeah, he was a really, really nice guy. Way more geeky than I expected him to be. Yeah. As, uh, yeah. And you know, him and uh, him and Dom Fry just started a podcast together. So uh, is that the only belt he brought was the NWA belt? No, he brought. He also brought one of the UFC. I think it was a super fight title. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, dude, I, I mean, when he was at Starcast, he set up shop, and he just like basically come, come all. I have stories to tell, and like just wanted to spill his guts about his whole career. And I was just like, bro, I gotta like meet like thirteen people in two hours. I gotta go. So like, I just need my picture and go. Like, I respect you and all that, but I can't stay for your stories. So like I I understand the way that he kind of is, but um, I mean he was a nice guy, no, no complaints there. Yeah, really nice guy, and and I was you know most people were walking up and asking him about his UFC career or like the NWA title and that kind of stuff, and I so I just asked him about um because I saw him doing Paradigm Pro Wrestling, he does like indie shows still sometimes. He wrestled Matthew Justice in like this work shoot fight last year um on in, on independentwrestling.tv. and I was just asking him about it, and he was like it was just interesting to hear him talk. He's like, you know, I basically said at this point in his career, he's in his sixties and he's pretty much known as like the shoot fighter guy. He doesn't want to go out there and like throw clotheslines and run the ropes. He wants to like simulate fights. So, you know, if people want to still have him do that on indie shows and the, in the booking seems right to him, he'll do it. And if not, yeah. he just doesn't do it, you know, but he he was a super, super, super nice guy. And I want to got getting a, a few uh, figures and stuff and, I wanted to find a Brett Favre Vikings figure that I didn't know existed. I bought that that day, so that was cool. Um, nice. So, uh, so yeah, it was a good day. It was good. I, I got really, really car sick, but that had nothing to do with the actual grand opening. So, yeah, cool. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you got to feel a little slice of normal. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe the past couple of times I've been to Walmart, like I haven't worn my mask, and there's a lot of people that aren't wearing masks, and you, you your mind will mentally forget like we're going through something like it just kind of just feels normal. So, um, and I think that that's the biggest thing is people just need to feel normal again. And then they realize like, Oh, like you can go back to this and you can feel this way. Like I saw Dak um, today, like online, like he was giving out food to the homeless, no mass, you know, fist bumping, talking to people and all that stuff. And you got to assume he's vaccinated, right? He's not going to risk his career for that, but um, but at the end of the day, like you can't fault these guys for once, once they've done their part, let them live their lives and don't give them crap about, well, you should do this or you should do that. Like, no, this, it, it, let, let people move on. Um, I think Nick Jackson even said that he's fully vaccinated now. I would feel like a lot of the guys in AEW are vaccinated. So, I mean, I, I think, like I said, and we're only at May, like imagine where we'll be by September. You know what I mean? Imagine where we'll be in August, like, we're making huge strides um, and, and, and there should be like a celebration in that, not like doom and gloom and we're never going to get out of this and all that nonsense. 
Yeah, it was the most normal I felt out in public in the last year, easily. Since since I went to AEW, which was like over a year ago in Atlanta, like this was the first time since then. So um, I've definitely done my part over this past year. Like I have quarantined, I have social distance, I have worn a mask everywhere, I have avoided many situations. I've, I've, I've given up invitations to do a lot of stuff and... We're finally at a point now where it's like the the people that I know, and I don't want to get, I'm not a doctor. I'm not trying to give advice. I'm just saying like the people close to me that are at risk have been fully vaccinated. So, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, if I get it, I deal with it. Like that could happen to me. It's a hundred percent. I'm going to get vaccinated myself. I just haven't, but I wanted, I'm going to get done because I want to be able to travel, but I'm not, I'm not even like, I'm going to become eligible soon, but they had to get everyone else out of the way that like needed it. So yeah, I'm coming around soon, but the people who need it that I'm around have gotten it. So, and I'm yeah. not around and I'm not around all these other people. Like I'm around my parents in like this one time when I went and it was around like 10 other people inside of this store this, this weekend, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So I feel like I've done my part and now I'm, I'm really ready for things to get back to normal too. I'm going to a wrestling show on May 14th. I'm going to wear a mask and everything, but I'm like, it's going to be cool to go to a wrestling show. You know what I mean? Like I'm getting excited again. I'm going to a UFC. So, you know, it'll be great. Um, I, I don't know what they're going to require, mass, not mass, or whatever. Like, I'll do whatever they say I got to do. But um, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that. And, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I really think this is people's choice and what they want to do. And my final thing on it is, like, you can't use that excuse, well, like, you could kill grandma or you can do this. Like, you could kill someone else's loved one if you don't do this because – that loved one or that grandma or whatever had the opportunity to be vaccinated at some point. Like, so the people that want this can do it. And then the people that don't are not going to do it. And then the ones that have been scared of this the whole time, they chose to get the vaccine and they're going to be okay because they got the vaccine. So at the end of the day, it's a win-win for everyone and no one should be forced to do anything. So yeah, I feel the same way. You know, I, 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 I agree. I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready for things to move on as well. And hopefully in a few months, like we're talking about a lot of progress since this conversation and, you know, so they're, they're talking about having a, are they're going to have a GCW show in Houston? Um, the day of Connor fighting. So I'm wondering if that would be in the day or if that would be at night because they can't be that stupid to do it at night. It's on a Saturday. Yeah. I mean, it seems like all pro wrestling is avoiding MMA at all costs right now. Like impact totally ditched their rebellion show. Um, I'm, I know WWE obviously doesn't run uh, even like NXT. They were doing takeovers on Saturdays and I think they're doing them on Sundays now when they can, if like there's UFC and stuff. So I, yeah, I, I mean, GCW, who knows? Cause like, who knows if they even consider UFC to be competition to their, audience i mean it is for me because i watch gcw and i also watch the ufc but i don't know how well, much it's pay-per-view too like ugh, I, I wouldn't do it well um, gcw does plenty of shows in connor. the afternoon yeah and it's connor that's why i think it might be an afternoon show and if that's yeah. the case then i might go i don't know um but uh yeah they're kind of things are kind of coming around here so i'm surprised you go to a gcw happen. show I would go. I mean, I'm not like overly, you know, as long as it's not like just over the top indie garbage. Like I've seen some of the stuff and like some of it's good and it's different live, right? It's just a fun experience live, 
but like you don't want that on mainstream television. We can go. I mean, that's a, that's a subject we've gone at over and over again. But um, yeah. like at the end of the day, like that's that I, I'm all for just having like a good time watching a wrestling show. Okay. Um, man, I even saw that they were that that someone posted on Twitter about that guy you were talking about uh, from over the weekend. It's like a from GCW the the collective or whatever. He, they said like you should do him and Davy Richards, and Davy was like, "Let's do it." And I I'm like, "Who well, you're talking about?" It's like it's that maybe that Mexican kid. What's his last name? I think it was something. I don't I don't remember. But you were saying like he was like one of the stars of the weekend. Oh, are you talking about Daniel Rodriguez? Or sorry, Daniel, Daniel Gar- sorry, sorry, Daniel Garcia. I, I'm not sure. I don't know. But I saw in a tweet, it was the same kid because I remember looking him up and it was the same kid that was there. And they was talking about wrestling Davey Richards. And I was like, yeah, let me have that. Okay. Let me, uh, I want to, I, I, I wish I knew for sure. But if you're talking about Daniel Garcia, that guy is fantastic. Um, and I talked about him a lot over the collective weekend. So um, there was, there was a few people I talked about a lot. Nolan Edward was one of them. Um, Jordan Oliver, but that, but neither would, would be, I think, who you're talking about. We're like interrupting here. Like, hold on. I think he's under Wesley Richards. Yeah, no worries. I'm just interested. If there was anybody uh, in the Indies that Davey could wrestle, who would you want to see? I don't know, man. I mean, there's a lot of good ones. Um, Keep in mind, Davey's like 37. So, yeah. Yeah, it's Garcia wrestling. Daniel Garcia. Okay. Yeah. No, that guy, that kid is great. Um, he's going to be, from what I understand, there's already a lot of eyes on him at the next level. So he'll. Someone said a uh, pure wrestling dream match who you got, Davey or Garcia. And then um, Davey said, let's do it. Hell yeah. That, that, that would be, that honestly would be one of the top ones. Um, really any of those top indie guys right now, like uh, Lee Moriarty, I'd, I'd like to see any of these technical guys. Um, I think it just have a really good match. Daniel Makabe. Um, I, I'd like to know out of those guys, or like, uh, you know, would be really good. At, do, you, do you know Cole Radrick at all? Mm. No, he's a, he's a shorter guy. That doesn't, when you see him, like when you see him, you don't think much, but like, he's so good from bell to bell. Like I would love to see him and him and Davey go at it. Um, but yeah, there, there's some, there's some really good options out there. Davey versus Joey Janela, just kidding, says Corey. I mean, I'd like to see it, but yeah, that's kind of a weird that's kind of a weird one to bring up. Yeah, for sure. I feel like Davey would kick the piss out of him. <laughs> um, let's see. So not to shift gears too much, but um, were you able to watch the Macho Man uh, biography? Yeah, I haven't seen the Piper one yet, but I got to watch the Macho Man biography and I got to watch the um the Jerry Lawler. Um, the, the the hidden treasures or whatever, and the yeah. Helm and Dark Side. So I've seen all that stuff. So as a diehard Macho Man fan, I'm not that happy with them, man. Like I think they took that thing too far. Like I understand that you know they want to talk about kind of the downfall and all that, but like that's not what ultimately killed him. I mean, maybe the steroid part definitely did, but like. I just don't think that they need to go there with gorgeous George. Like I, I, I think that that part of it was okay, but they, they really tried to peg him 
as like this ultra psychotic overbearing guy. And yes, we've heard the stories with Elizabeth, but like, to me, it's like, if he was so like that, even when him and Elizabeth broke up, you would think that he would have been still a psycho, still like super jealous, still like, Hey, you know, you're, you'll always be mine and all that stuff. Right. And like, I'm sorry, but at the end of the day, gorgeous George was a stripper he found. And I, I, I have a hard time with some of her story as if it's completely credible or not. And like, you could hear, you could just see the way she was kind of talking out the side of her mouth and stuff. Like she's been a drug addict. You can just tell by, by the abuse she's put herself through. And I just didn't think it was necessary for them to go there with some of the stuff they said. Like I did not need to hear that macho man had a, thousand dollars worth of ecstasy pills and like he's obsessed with like ecstasy and just screwing off and like yeah it it, it, i get i get part of where they were going with it but to me it was like the first hour let's talk about how great macho man was and the second hour let's just turn this thing into dark side of the ring and just crap all over him you know what i mean yeah, yeah. There, there was definitely a few things that I had issue with because I'll, I'll just like you, I'm a lifelong fan of Macho. I mean, Randy Savage is who I, who I credit as being my first favorite wrestler when I discovered wrestling. Like he's what right. drew me in. Like him and Hogan were like easily the two biggest guys when I started watching wrestling. It wasn't even close. Yeah. And and you know, on one hand, it's just it's cruddy because like Savage isn't here to defend any of this either. So like, so, and then, so you have like Hulk Hogan saying all this stuff, but like we know him and Hogan didn't have a good relationship, but, but Hogan claims that they did at the end, but there's no way to really know for sure if that's the truth. Um, Do you believe it? I only do because Savage's parents have apparently said that they did make up towards the end, but that's just believing his parents. he He seemed extremely mellow towards the end. And that's why I think this, this story of it was unnecessary. Because it seemed like he was really happy with his new wife that was his high school sweetheart. And him and Hogan had made up. And even his brother said that, like, he made up with people from the past that he had issues with. And so, like, to me, like, I I just think that they, they didn't have to go where they went. Because you could dig up dirt on Roddy Piper. You could dig up dirt on uh, pretty much anybody in this damn thing. Every one of them. And... And yet they chose to like no, they didn't mention Stone Cold beating Deborah in his A and E biography, sure, and I think a lot of it was because yeah. Stone Cold is still alive. Like they took a luxury of being able to attack Macho Man because he's dead. Yeah, yeah. I mean that it did feel like that in certain ways, and then also I thought it was really like funny is definitely not the right word, and I don't even know what the right word is. It was like dirty almost how they made it the, the way that they made it seem like was that all of these issues with Savage, like in his personal life, not not the over controlling stuff, but like the steroids and the drugs and all this was all post WWE as if he wasn't on steroids yeah. in the WWE. Like, come right. on. Like this right. is like he was doing all these things oh, and, all before. And, that. and not only that, not only that. 
Why is Rosenberg and Bubba Love Sponge experts on Macho Man? Right. Yeah, like, I agree. Yeah. Give me a break. I can understand Rosenberg just because he represents the WWE and he's talking about the past. But I didn't like the thing where he was like, well, you know, Macho and Hogan were like neck and neck. But when Macho got to WCW, like Hogan was just clearly the guy. That wasn't it's, true. That it wasn't, wasn't true. true. Yeah. And every time that Macho snapped at Hogan, it was money. Every time people were like, oh, and it was almost like 1A, 1B. Like it's yeah, always were, been that way. They were wrestling for the world title in WCW against each other. Like one-on-one main event. did win the title. Now, granted, yeah. Hogan always found a way to get it off of him. Right. And so I, I understand Hogan was a bigger star. I am not saying that. But to make it out like Randy was like way down here is bull crap like and so it was just like and, and then that made me think like dude do you literally did you ever watch wcw or like are you just a straight wwe clown sheep that no, just they are. wants to they promote are. wwe rosenberg. it's him rosenberg I, I love sam roberts to death to be i love sam Ro- i've been a fan of his since he was with opie and anthony i love sam but like he'll even admit he didn't watch wcw like th- these are these are all wwf fanboys that now work for the wwf that did not watch WCW. Yeah. Not, that maybe knew of ecw but they weren't actually really some of them might have tape traded a little bit but like not it, it it's it is what you're saying it's it's and it's very revision it's it is for the same reason that when like Rosenberg eats crow all the time, like on the all stuff the that he talks about, like, cause he, he's constantly getting caught up in, in saying things that he doesn't know anything about, but like he works for the WWE. So that's just going to be his defense of like, well, I mean, I've got the job with the WWE and you don't It's like, okay, well, right. congratulations. But all the actual fans see right through this. So, right. Well, and like, dude, um, a- another thing about it was like, I don't know. A lot of people know this, but, Pro Wrestling Illustrated Feud of the Year in 1997 was not oh. Bret Hart and Stone Cold. Uh, let me guess. It was – go ahead. Was it DDP and Savage? 100%. And that's in WCW when Savage was in his mid-40s, and he had the Feud of the Year. And yet they acted it. like – It was great. They, and yet they acted like this old man could barely hang going into WCW and nobody cared about him. And it was kind of sad watching him fall apart and like bull crap. I bought my Macho Madness t-shirt. I was all about the, the, the wolf pack when Macho Man joined. Like, and that's all it took, right? It's like, okay, if Hollywood is on one side, Macho's on the other. Like I'm, I'm going to ride with Macho like too. like, I have to like both now. Like there is no like forget Kevin Nash. I'm I'm down with Macho Man. You know what I mean? And then you add Sting with it and stuff like that. But like I just didn't I didn't like it. And I want to talk to you about this thing too because we all know about the rumors of him and Stephanie. I, I've done some math, right? Stephanie would have been 18 when Macho Man had left the WWE. Do you think something happened between them? I, I don't, but I know there's a lot of rumors that it, mm-hmm. that they did, but it's also like, if it, if it happened, I think it, we would have had like more definitive proof of some kind, like somebody in the know, like whether it was like a, not, I don't think Vince would ever say anything about it, but like if, if, if it actually happened, I think somebody in that circle 
like a Jim Cornette or someone like that who has no reason not to speak up about it. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like we we would we would I'm not going to say it, it's impossible, but I think it in with all these tell-alls and these books and these documentaries, I think we would have had some sort of actual proof of it or somebody who would have had somebody very credible who would have talked about it by now. So here's a couple of things why I think that there that the rumor continues on, right? One, we see Stephanie talk about almost anybody that's old school. I never see her mention Macho Man, like ever. She doesn't talk about him. She doesn't bring him up. Nothing. And like, she'll talk about Andre. She'll talk about Hogan. She'll talk about whoever, but like, she never talks about him. Two, Bruce Pritchard on, on the podcast with Conrad, something to wrestle with. He basically said that he asked Vince straight up and Vince did not give him a definitive, like, that's not true answer. It was just more like, we're not going to go there. I'm not talking about it. But someone like him is who I'd need to hear that. You know what I'm saying? Like, he would know. Not only that, he said every year there is a battle for the Hall of Fame, right? And like, there are certain guys that were like on the list, on Vince's list that like under no circumstance are they going in. And Macho Man was always one of those guys. And so, and, and then it was like, there was no, and he was never given a reason why. It's like, I, you could ask till you're blue in the face and you would not give a reason why. So that is kind of like, hmm. Because, yeah, because you figure, you know, all that he really did on paper, like it, taking this p- possibility out of the equation, all he really did was like he bailed on the WWF without telling them when they wanted him to be a commentator and he wanted to wrestle. So we signed with WCW, but like right. ultimate warrior had done much worse to them. Bret Hart. It was a much bigger blow up. Like professionally. Well, and the funny thing is, is Jerry Lawler was describing that he was with Vince when they, when they did that. But what they're saying is that's Lex Luger. That was not Macho Man. Like, Lex Luger was the one that just literally showed up. But Macho Man was more like – because Bruce Pritchard talked about this, that they were, like, in a limousine heading to the arena or the venue. And, like, Vince got a call and said, like, hey, just to let you know, like, Macho Man is signed with WCW. And so – because he was wondering where he was to see if they were going to start their raw production meeting or whatever. Right. And so then he just let the guys know, hey – Macho Man is no longer an employee with the WWE. And then it does show him thanking him on that raw broadcast because that's when he found out that he had signed with WCW. Right. So to me, it's one of those things, too. Vince would never have done that if the Stephanie thing was true, right? To me, it seems like something that he found out later on after Macho Man had left, if that's what actually happened. But we do don't you think know. They, do you think they would even do... You, you know what I mean? Do you think Vince would even let them do a, this Andy show about Randy Savage and have him included in it? If, if you know what I mean, like if it was true, I don't no, think you would even want the show to happen. Which I agree with, but they did crap all over him as well. So it's like, it, yeah. And but I mean, dude, they're making a fortune off of his merchandise and Macho Man figures all day and all that stuff. And what I hate is wait till these lefties find out that he locked Elizabeth in a room. Wait till these lefties find out that, you know, he wasn't the he, he might have been abusive. I don't know. But uh, I mean, he certainly was on camera. I mean, he threw her down and all that stuff. 
like all of a sudden they're going to want to cancel him. And it's like, no, like keep the macho man thing going forever. So it's just, it's just a weird situation, but it made me have almost like a complete different. um, I, I just looked at it differently. Like, dark side of the ring and all of it because I was watching the Brian Pillman thing as well and I just should some of these stories be told like at the end of the day should some of these stories be told should some of this stuff be kept private um it's just it's just tough man because yeah I I feel like it dramatically changes your perspective your perspective on what you think of these guys and I don't know if that really should be. Yeah, I think it depends on the story because because like the Chris Benoit one, I liked a lot because that gave me a lot of evidence as to like I really think he did it. Like you know what I mean? Oh, Going, I think he did it. But, 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 and I think a lot of people, th- and I always thought that too, but like there was always like that little bit of the Kevin Sullivan mind. rumor. Well, no, I don't think Kevin Sullivan was involved, but like <laughs> I'm just saying, there were a lot of crazy yeah. rumors. And oh, stuff. yeah, for sure. People will, I mean, wrestling fans will take that and, and stretch that out. I think but, the thing with Benoit though is, is it's at what state of mind was he in? You know, right, that, right. that's the tough part because at the end of the day, like I could watch that Chris Benoit DVD. And that is a normal man. That is a normal man with normal emotions that cried, that that was emotional, that loved his family and the whole nine. And like he was never that religious. He was never like th- like over the top like Eddie was, but he never was. But like when he did that act, I mean, there's Bibles around. There's like just weird stuff, you know. Yeah. And so that that's where it's 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 hard to look at it from from the like that was him like yes it was him physically but like i just don't know if that was the chris benoit mentally that we knew you know no i i totally i totally agree with that and and i think it really was an isolated thing where like something something snapped one day and then it just i mean it just was a very 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 terrible few days and unfortunately it is going to be the thing that overshadows his entire wrestling career but what i liked about the the documentary is like you got that insight to like his son and stuff. Like you got like yeah. this other, you got to t- you got the insight from Nancy's family and their side of things. And it was like, it just felt like a lot of closure for the whole situation. And it made me really want to see his son succeed in wrestling one day. Like to hopefully, like hopefully he can overcome this all. Cause this is, none of this is his fault. So like at the end of the day, like that was my big takeaway of that whole show, to be honest, was like Benoit's guilty 1 million percent. But I, I do think it was, the, the mental stuff we we're talking about. And I really hope that his son is able to like have somewhat of a normal life for, you know, the second half of his life. Cause it, this kid just been through so much hell that like, yeah. I want to see him succeed somewhere. Um, yeah. But then, yeah, I, I get what you're saying though. Like some of these stories it's, but, but then again, like the Owen Hart one, I loved seeing that one too, because it gave perspective on like the, what the equipment that they used and all that. And it was like, Oh my gosh, like this was totally the WWE people's fault like 100 yeah. the people they brought in 100 percent. like you know right. like so i i do like it from that perspective but on the other side kind of like what you're saying if somebody's dead and they don't have any way of like rebuttaling any of this information or, or having yeah. their side of it out there that part i don't like because that, that just seems unfair to you know if you have this whole one-sided thing where you're all saying all this stuff about somebody and then that person isn't there to even respond it's like 
you just have to, most people are just going to take this as the truth, but this dude never has a chance to actually talk about it. So, right. Well, and it's like, too, like, you know, it's one thing like, okay, if you, if you heard that like RVD was taking uppers and downers and ecstasy and all this stuff, like you're like, you know, the guy's heavy into drugs and stuff like that. So it, it doesn't affect you, but like, tell me when you ever saw macho man take a drug like ever. You know what I mean? Like you're literally taking something that like we've never seen before and painting a completely different image of someone who basically like rebuilt his life after this situation and you're putting it on blast. And like, I love Hogan, right? At the end of the day, he's my childhood. Love him, right? But I also think he's full of crap in a lot of ways because he'll always come up and be like, it was my idea. And I always told them, hey, like, slow it down, brother. And this isn't going to work. And, you know, like the finish wasn't what it should have been. So I recommended this or, it was, you know, like he always had something in there to kind of just be like, everything would have been better if they'd have listened to me. Like it's it's this this ego that he has that's just ridiculous. Um, but I definitely, uh, you know, and, and I don't want to give any spoilers for the people that haven't seen, uh, the Brian Pillman dark side of the ring, but I found it on YouTube, like someone had posted it. So I watched it. It's just a part one that I watched, but Vice, no, Vice released that early because they're, they're okay, doing, okay. they're doing, they're doing episode one and two together on Thursday, but they put okay, out okay. part one on YouTube. Yeah. Okay, so on that one, like, I mean, like, the way that his, one of his former girlfriends or wives, I don't remember what she was, but, like, just based off of a a weird circumstance with their child, she ends up killing herself. Right. And it's just so tragic. And then it's like, there's just so much of it that has nothing to do with, so much of it just has nothing to do with with wrestling, right? Like, and, and I get, and I get the point to to try to peg and show the downward spiral of his life and all that stuff, but but man, like, I don't know, I don't know if I became a softy or what, but like, part of this is just like, man, I don't want to hear this about these guys. I really don't. Like, some of this stuff is awful, and. And like, you know, like what killed Jim Cornette, who is a friend of Brian Pillman, was said that the fact that this girl, her birth father and birth mother were both dead by the time she was like 10 or something. And it it just blows him away. And then like you're hearing them too say like you went from living in a very comfortable lifestyle to not knowing if you were going to eat again. And like having to hear about Brian Pillman's kids having to suffer like that is awful. And he had so many different like baby mama and kids, and they're they're all from different families. And it's it's just a it's a wild story. So um, yeah, but like there's certain things that I absolutely love about Dark Side of the Ring, and I love hearing stories. Like to me, like whatever happens with uh, a Nick Gage or Nick Cage, what, what's his name, Gage or Cage? Gage with a G. Okay, Gage, right? 
And don't look at me like this guy is like, how dare you? Not Wait, like, you think his name's is Nicholas Cage? So you think he's Nick no. Cage? Like, you know, I, it's not the actor Nick Cage. He would, no one would use that name. I don't know if is that his real name or is that his gimmick name? That's his name. The man, the did you see I that he was gonna? Did you see that he was gonna kill Matt Cardona? Did you see that tweet? Oh, the three tweets, best three tweets in a row I've ever seen. I'll actually read them out real quick. I have my Twitter up. Um, he said, "Yeah, I was literally laughing out loud reading that." He said, and I'm I'm reading verbatim, y'all. Well, and one 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 I read, I was like, "Did Matt Cardona really say that he wants to wrestle this guy?" Like, no. So so a fan asked him if he'd be down to wrestle Nick Gage, and he quote tweet responded it saying like, "Sure, I wrestle him," something like that. And then based off of that, Nick Gage says. Who is Matt Cardona and why is he saying he wants to fight me? Mad people hit me up about it. Oh shit, Matt Cardono with an O. Matt Cardono yeah. is the Zack Ryder dude. LOL, my bad, never mind. Someone told me that dude collects dolls for a living now. Is that true? I feel bad. Keep your head up, Matt. Keep working hard and get back to WWF if you believe in yourself. That's hilarious. Oh, That's hilarious. Oh. Dude, oh, God. I, 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 I have a high suspicions of, like, I surely Matt Cardona is aware of who Nick Gage is, but I don't know if he fully understands what he could be. Like, I don't think he actually wants to wrestle Nick Gage. I don't think that'd no. be a good idea for Matt. No. The, the only reason no. that's a, the only reason it could be a good idea is if you the if 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 Matt Cardona is listening to the internet and people like me and this like. The the one big dig I have on him is it feels like we're watching the same Zack Ryder from WWF 100%. just doing his thing everywhere. What better way to completely get people to talk oh. about you a different way than going out there and having a death match with Nick Gage? So but you can retire afterwards. Like you'll have nothing <laughs> left. He hasn't felt pain like that probably ever. So I don't yeah, think I don't, I don't think he understands. Like I don't. I just. I mean, I, I don't want to patronize the guy. Like. You know, but I just dude, he's he, gonna he's watch been... Dark Side of the Ring and crap his pants. And be like <laughs> hell, no, I'm not wrestling that guy. <laughs> it was so funny. So those so, tweets were hilarious. So yeah, we went off on our our t- the tangent on Dark Side of the Ring. I, we gotta head, uh, go with the super chat, Dirty Clee. I really appreciate you, man. Mm-hmm. Thanks for for supporting the channel and sending a super chat. Um, opinion on Izzy and Vittori. Well, one thing that damn card is loaded now, son of a man. I swear, I saw I saw Diaz and Leon Edwards on that poster, and it I, I literally felt like I saw like my wife cheat on me. Like it just <laughs> it hurts so bad. It hurts so bad. Um, and and people think that like Nick Nate is not actually injured. Like they just weren't doing, they're no. not going to sell tickets. So they no. pulled him from Houston to put it on there. I was like, dude, that's not true. That's BS. Um, but anyways, uh, I need to go back and watch their first fight because I, I don't remember this fight at all really. And apparently it was a close fight. And so, um, you know, Vittori's always been game, super tough guy. I do think there is something to losing regardless of weight. So to me, um, I think that uh, it's going to be in the back of Izzy's mind that he had already lost his last fight. And uh, I, I don't know. I think I think Izzy could be vulnerable to lose. I really do. I, th- I think that, that Vittori has just about as good a shot as anybody. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. What do you think? 
Yeah, their first fight was a split decision. So yeah, it really yeah. couldn't have gotten any closer than that. Um, I like the I like the rematch. I think you know Vittori has done enough, I think, to earn the fight. And and they didn't fight for the title the first time. That was on Izzy's road to getting the title. Mm-hmm. So so and but here's the big intangible here though is I'm okay with this as long as Robert Whitaker fights the winner because Robert Whitaker yeah. for sure is the number one contender in my opinion. So. I agree. Um, you know, because if you're gonna give a Tory the title shot, I'm fine with that. But you also could make a strong case for Derek Brunson if you're gonna make that case for Vittori. They both are coming off wins over Kevin Holland. They both look pretty similar. Brunson's actually probably beaten higher, uh, more well-known guys than Vittori has. Um, but I like the I like the history of Vittori and, and Izzy and stuff. And so I'm fine with the rematch. I think Izzy's gonna win. Um, but I but I'm I'm with you too, though. Like he did just lose that fight to Blahovich at light heavyweight. And, you know, maybe he doesn't look quite the same because, but, but it's not like he went in there and got, I mean, he got, he got beat, but it wasn't like he got like killed in there. You know what I mean? It'd be different if he went in there and got like knocked out clean or something. But, uh, but I'm going to take Izzy as my prediction in that one. And and then I just really hope we get Izzy and Whitaker sometime later this year. Yeah. And man, I, I don't think Izzy gets Whitaker out of there quick like he did last time. I think Whitaker honestly should have took more time off before taking that fight. He was damaged goods. He couldn't he couldn't take a punch like he normally takes a punch. Those Yoel Romero fights really put a toll on him. And I think that this next time around they could have it could, it could be a really good fight. I you know if 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 you had to if I had to to say who could lose the belt sooner between Usman, Francis, and Izzy. I feel like Izzy's probably the one that would probably that could possibly lose the belt the the soonest. Usman Francis and Izzy, yeah, because Usman really the only person I think in the weight class that has a real chance is Colby. Yep. Um, Francis, I mean, Stipe could beat Francis, I think, still, but I would still take Francis again in a trilogy. Um, I think you're right because because I think Whitaker and Izzy too would be a lot closer, like you just said. And speaking of Yoel, dude, how how much of a bummer is it he had to pull out of that Rumble fight this week? That sucks. sucks, sucks, man. I it, there's been, there's some weird stuff too. Like we got to talk about this Diego thing too. Oh like, sure, this thing is the most bizarre, um, bizarre, weird. Like like first of all. I think the UFC handled this thing pretty well. Like, and they're a company that normally does some pretty questionable things. But the fact that they paid Diego his show money, his win money, and his um, fighter bonus, or not, not but his um, sponsorship yeah. money, like, you normally don't see that. So to me, that's completely out of respect to Diego. I mean, he walked away with like $215,000. I also think that they feel like that's his last big payday that that kid will ever receive, and they want to somewhat take care of him. Um, so I, I say good on them for that. But this guy is going to suck Diego dry. He's going to take all of Diego's money. He's going to put Diego in terrible places. I would not be surprised if Diego signs with bare knuckle fighting. Um it's just, it's going to be a sad story. I really think this thing's going to be a sad story. Yeah. So the, the guy Doug's talking about is Josh Fabia, who's like, who's like this life guru that Diego has like just put all of his trust into the last couple of years. And 
It's a it is a clown show, dude. You see, you see that it's the the trio, like the the squad that we're talking about right now is Diego Sanchez, Josh Fabia, and Stefan Bonner, and they roll around together, and Bonner videotapes it, and and it's so this to my understanding, this is the situation, and I do understand Diego's side a little bit, but the, like the big problem is Fabia because I think if this was all between Diego and Dana they could get into a room and figure it out enough yeah. to where Diego could fight Cowboy. It was going to be his retirement fight anyways, and yeah. they could have figured it out. But here, this is why it's an interesting situation, because like a few years ago, remember when Mark Hunt was doing interviews and he was talking about how like he had potential CTE and like he was losing his memory and stuff. So the UFC had to like investigate that they were like hey we're hearing in interviews you're saying that your brain might be damaged because of mixed martial arts we need you to go you know see a doctor and and like we need just proof that you aren't actually dealing with cte because if you are we're not gonna we don't want to be liable for putting you in the in the octagon and like knowing you have issues going into it and diego has been doing similar things lately where he's been talking him and fabia have been talking about like Diego's brain and potential injuries that he's occurred throughout his MMA career. So the UFC is doing the same thing here too. And, and being like, Hey Diego, like if you're like, we need something like we need proof from you, like something in writing that, that states that you are not experiencing, you know, brain damage and these kind of things yeah. or else we can't let you fight. And then, but to Diego's defense, he's sitting there going, well, I don't think that I'm suffering from brain issues, but I don't want to write that down because like, if I am and something happens, like I don't want to say that I'm hundred percent. Okay. Cause I don't know if I'm hundred percent. Okay. So now the UFC is back against the wall. Cause they can't put him in there. Cause he's not, he's not saying that he's, he's not giving them like a release that he's okay to fight, but he doesn't want to give that release in case he isn't all there a hundred percent. And he has this other guy in his ear. That's like pulling all the puppet strings and making things a thousand times worse for everybody and just can't keep his mouth shut. And he's, he's, he's gotten commentators pissed off because he's trying to tell the commentators how to talk about him and Diego. He's getting the journalists pissed off because of what they write about him. And he wants things edited and changed and taken off the internet. He's got Dana White and all these promoters pissed off at him. He's this dude is totally ruining the, the, the current day legacy of Diego Sanchez. And it's really sad. Um, And, and I don't blame the UFC for parting ways because ultimately I don't think they're firing Diego to get rid of Diego. They're firing Diego to stop dealing with Josh Fabia. Yeah. And, and like I said, they they didn't have, I mean, they could have just canceled that fight and not paid him any money. Like at the end of the day, they could have done that and they didn't do that. So I give them a lot of credit for that. And like, I mean, Ariel said that like, after he had talked to Josh Fabian or whatever, like the guy texted him like 30 times about yeah. like all sorts of stuff. Like he's crazy. And he's just one of those little minion guys that just leeches on Leech. and tells yep. Diego he's like the best. Yet Diego hasn't really won with him at all. He's looked the worst he's ever looked. Diego's not even going into full training camps. He's just training by himself with this guy. And it shows like he, his performances have been awful. Did you see um, when that guy was trying to teach him how to do a stone cold stunner, like in MMA, like Josh Fabia no. was like, had like, Oh yeah. Josh Fabia apparently was teaching him like the, the no touch, like pressure point knockouts and like how to reverse things using stone cold stunners. Like this guy's total nutcase. And it's kind of like, it reminds me of like when people take advantage of the elderly. Yes. Like, 
when, you know, these people are like, oh, yeah, you know, you just send this money over here and then they'll give you all this. And then everybody's like, oh, yeah, I'm excited. I trust him. And then you find out that they're just con artists. Like, that's what this guy is. I promise you he's going to get a huge portion of that $215,000 that Diego got. And and then, um, you know, he's going to end up, like I said, I, I think Diego's going to bare knuckle fighting. And I, I think he's going to get his head bashed in and he's going to make little than any money. And it's it's just a sad story. Like, and the funny thing to me about Diego is, is like, I hated Diego when he first came in. And the reason I hated him is because it was, it, it was a lot like, like, what happens in the NFL, right? They get rid of the superstars and they bring in the cheap draft picks. Well, they got rid of Tito Ortiz and BJ Penn and, and Vitor Belfort and like all these big names. And then they brought in the Diego's and the Forest and the Stefan Bonners and stuff like that. And yet they were like, well, these guys are bigger stars because they're from the ultimate fighters and we don't have to pay that same type of salary to, to those guys. And I'm like, dude, you cannot replace Diego Sanchez. You cannot replace BJ Penn with Diego Sanchez. And it's yet not like Diego, they each other. <laughs> right. You know, and that was a long time after. Right, right. And like they they would give Diego these like tomato cans and like this make him and, and like Diego believed his own hype. He was just like, you know, I'm the best. Yeah. And and like D, that was like the invention of the yes cartwheel. I remember that countdown show, and he's like, yeah. Well, and then, I will give him that credit. Dan O'Brien straight up joins that whole yes thing, and he, he gives full credit. But to I think I think that was the Jake Ellenberger fight where he came out with the cross, and he's just like, yes, yes, <laughs> you know, like yeah. kind of like how Rose is like, I'm the best, I'm the best. He was yeah. doing the same thing, but yes. Yes, <laughs> but let me tell you something. At the end of the day, Diego earned my respect tenfold because he just went out there and he just brawled and he had such crazy fights. And I'm so thankful that I was there for Diego Sanchez versus Gilbert Melendez. It's the greatest fight I've ever seen live. Um, there's something about whenever something exceeds expectations in the crowd and the crowd kind of all realizes it at once. It's just like this euphoria, electric. I'm I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. And I felt this same thing when I saw Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker at WrestleMania 25. And I felt the same way when Diego and Gilbert Melendez fought. And it was like, it didn't matter who was around you. It didn't matter what race, politics, gender, nothing. It We're all in celebration that we're seeing this. We're all like, you don't even know this person and you're like touching their shoulders or high-fiving or hugging or like you just, it's just craziness. It's everyone's lost their mind because they're seeing something extremely special and you know it. And like, the funny thing is, is, you know, like, I think there's definitely, especially back then, I think there was a thing called a smart mark in MMA to where, like, if you knew Strike Force and if you knew Cage Rage and sure, if you knew stuff com, like that, that for sure. MMA Underground, but, yeah. Right, but, like, if it wasn't UFC, then people didn't know crap about it. So, like, when Forrest was fighting Shogun, the not smart marks would think, oh, Forrest is going to smash him. And, of course, he actually won, which blew me away. But that's a whole other story. But, like, I was like, Gilbert is going to kill Diego. And I knew it. And there was this guy behind me 
who called me like nerd boy and shit because I embarrassed him in front of his girlfriends because I told him like, you know, nothing about the sport. And I was like, Gilbert is going to kill Diego. And he's like, nah, 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 that's not going to happen. Right. So like, as the fight's playing out, you know, Gilbert's winning, but then dude, man, when Diego literally hits him with the uppercut and actually rocks him, it was just like, the place went ballistic. Like it was just like, Oh, because at that (laughs) point people had, had put it in their mind. Oh, Diego's not winning this thing. Like he's going to lose. And then they saw that, that moment and they're like, Oh God, like, Whoa, like Diego might win this thing. And man, I just remember that. It, It just sticks out to me so much. Like I've seen a lot of fights, but man, that one, that one's like the top fight. So forever in my heart, like Diego will have my respect. I was there when Diego fought Koscheck, and it was the worst fight probably I've ever seen in, in the history of any time I've been to a fight. Like it was God awful. And it was right before GSP got knocked out by Sarah. And that was a totally different vibe, but man, I unbelievable fight. So I think we might have lost Steven for a second. So I went on that rant about Diego and let me see if I can invite him back and get him back in the stream. Oh, wow. Dude, all Car? my power went out. All my power went out. So I'm sitting on my phone right now. I don't know how long it'll last. But basically till wow. My, I'm hoping my battery for my phone is good for a minute. And then uh, if my lights aren't on by then, we're SOL. But yeah, sorry, y'all. My, my power literally went out uh, because of this storm while we were talking. So, Right on. It's okay. <laughs> I'll carry the show for a little bit here. Um, so let's go with a couple of Super Chats. Chris Warden, as always, I really appreciate it, man. Um, Diego hasn't been the same since the Melendez fight. All those wars have caught up to him, and he needs to hang up the gloves. I mean, 100%. And the sad thing is, is like if someone that was really around him that really cared about him and respected him would tell him that. And this guy is probably telling him that he's still the best fighter in the world and he's going to win the title and like just filling his head with a bunch of nonsense. And it's really dangerous and it's it's really unfortunate. Um, Also, guys, if you haven't hit that like button, please do. There's 30 people in here right now, which I really appreciate. So if you guys could hit that like button, um, it definitely helps us out a lot. Uh, Sean also has to say, who do you guys think will ultimately be the next AEW world champion? Appreciate you guys. Um, Man, I, I was sold on Adam Page. Same. And I don't... And I don't know if we talked about this, Stephen, but like, what did you think about him jobbing out to Brian Cage like that? Honestly, I didn't have a problem with it, but I definitely didn't see it coming. You know what I mean? Like, because I yeah, I like, I like the position that they've got Cage in, but I mean, I'm with I'm with you though. Like, I really figured that. I still think Heyman probably will beat the be the one to beat Omega for the title, but like, I didn't think he was gonna be beaten. Like up until then, like you know, I did, I just didn't see him taking any losses in singles. Um, but they did kind of have the out with like Cage attacking him right before the match, so like there was a little bit of that too. But I was surprised, but I wasn't like I wasn't mad about it though, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, to me, I was kind of mad about it just because I feel like it could have been booked better. Like I just. I, I mean, I like the element of surprise that you can have a winner and a loser at any time that you didn't know that could that could happen. But like, 
man, you've been building Adam Page for so long. I didn't like the fact that if he is going to lose, I don't think he should lose on an opener and a nine-minute match. Like, it should have meant more. It should have been the main event. And it makes me wonder if they're going to do Brian Cage and Omega at the pay-per-view instead of Adam Page and Omega. Brian Cage and Omega versus – oh, I, I mean, uh, sorry, I'm trying to, like, walk out. So I'm going to try to get in my truck, actually. Um, <laughs> but I can't see anything. Sorry, just a second, you I, I, I would oh, actually good. like that as a as – because uh, I want to see Hangman and Omega in – there we go. We're good. Um, I want to see that at, like, for the title, like, a year from now, maybe at, like, Revolution. So – I prefer to see Cage and Omega right now, um, and then maybe build up Omega for you know a year from now and all that stuff. But I, because I think in Omega and Cage is a match we haven't had yet that could be really good. Yeah, has Omega and Cage ever happened? Not that I can think of, to be honest. I mean, maybe in like some low rinky dink indie, but I mean, I, I still don't think so. Like, I think. Like the best of probably to happen is a PWG, and I'm almost positive that never happened. So I think that that would be a, a dope match um, if you can build it up. Uh, and I mean, Brian Cage to me is a pretty damn good baby face. So I, I think that that would be pretty dope. Let's see, so, sitting in my truck now. Give me a little bit of that's all this good. Way. This, way can this is the weirdest time. live chat that we've ever done. It's all good. Well, this way I can have a little bit of light, and I can also um, charge my phone in here, too, because I can't charge my phone inside because all my power's out. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I music there. Okay. No, well, it's all good. good. I don't think we'll get a copyright strike. Okay, cool. All right, cool. Cool. Um, but look, yeah, at, I, look, look at Steven the soldier. Everybody give a give a, a appreciation to Steven for for still sticking it out. I can't I can't see the chat or actually I can't see the chat if I pull this up. It's just kind of weird how I have to have this all set up, but yeah, cool. Good deal, I think. Um <laughs> now my, my Chris there we go. Chris Warden says, should we start a GoFundMe for Steven's broke ass so he can pay his electric <laughs> bill? <laughs> y'all. Uh, I told Doug beforehand, it's, we got storms. I wish you could see, like, the uh, there's no lights on in my entire complex right now. Like, none of the buildings have any power. Um, awesome. Yeah, pretty uh, pretty crazy, to be honest. Um, but I know it's been happening in my area all day. Like, I was telling Doug, it's happened twice today up to this point, and now... I mean, this one must be pretty serious because there is not a light on in this whole place. But, um, but yeah, this is a good one too. Appreciate the uh, the super chat, though, man. Thank you. It's it's in your house. Beware of dog all over again. (laughs) Yeah, there there you go. Yeah, I mean, what you were saying a second ago, as I was kind of going down the stairs, I don't think I've seen Cage and Omega ever wrestle each other. So, like, that would be a really fresh matchup. And I mean, if like. Like say when um, when Cage was champion of Impact and Omega was New Japan champion, like you can't tell me you wouldn't have wanted to see that match. Like, oh yeah, 100%. that's a that's a big match. So I'm okay with it. I feel like that he needs to leave Team Taz to make this happen, though. So whatever whatever they were working on teasing, let's speed that thing up. It kind of seems like Christian is going to 
um, start feuding with Ricky Starks or maybe just like one match and keep working his way up to Team Taz. But then I feel like if Brian Cage wants to face Omega, he is going to have to put the FTW title on the line and Kenny gets another belt at the end of the day. So um, I don't know. I like the idea of Kenny going after the FTW because, like, that's something I didn't even consider until this past Wednesday. I saw somebody – it might have even been you, but I saw somebody uh, tweet about that, and I thought it was a – sorry, my finger's, like, over the, my, the camera. Um, I, I, I mean, because here's the thing with, like, the Christian story, right? Like, nobody at any point actually thought that Christian – I think I look better the sideways view um, – no one thought he was joining Team Taz. You know what I mean? Like, so the whole story from the beginning was kind of lame. Like, Christian, is Christian going to join Team Taz? Like, no. I think everyone knew the answer to that. But if he, but if, yeah. if he feuds with Ricky Starks, I think they could have a good match. But I honestly, like, I really fear for Christian's, like, longevity as, like, a yeah. main event type guy in AEW. They I feel like he needed. He needed that Omega match. He needed that like right away. Like right I away. Felt like. I agree. No, I'm I'm with. And you. that's why I feel like, like if you bring in if you bring in Joe, like right away, like you can't you can't just have him be like, well, we wrestle this guy and this guy and work your way up because by then you lose that that newness that that vibe the, the excitement. Oh wow, you know this guy's here, and uh, yeah, so. I mean, I feel like Christian's had solid matches, and I mean, he doesn't look like he's lost a step. He looks like Christian. Like, I'm not like watching this guy and think like, "Oh man, what a you know, times definitely beat him down." Like he he looks fine, but there's it's very much like he he he's traveled from a time warp, right? And now he's in AEW, but like he's not as entertaining. He's not he, he he's outdated. He just feels kind of stale and outdated. Yeah. Yeah, I feel the same way. And, I mean, it seems like they're still building up him and Christian. So, like, I think that match is still going to happen. But, like, by the time that it does, is anyone going to really care that much? And yeah. is anybody? And, and I don't think, once again, I don't think anybody believes that Christian's going to beat Omega. So, even so, like you were saying, it would have been smarter to do it right off the bat because, you know, there would have been at least a little bit of doubt of, like, Maybe they'll put the belt right on Christian, like just for some big buzz or something like that. But no one would really, most people like wouldn't think Christian was going to win, but it would seem a little more believable coming right in than like kind of where he's positioned at now. But I hope that him and Sarks is a good match because that, because I mean, that it should be really good. What do, you, paper. what do you feel about maybe like a Rick Swan rematch and on double or nothing though? Swan and Omega? Yeah. Um, I think they're capable of having a better match than they did on, uh, on Rebellion. So I wouldn't. Be yeah. Opposed. Well, and they would have a crowd. True. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Although like personally speaking, if, if Omega is going to defend the impact title, I'd like to see him defend it against Moose. That's just me personally. I think so though. too. And I want no Sammy Callahan. Like, I know that that's what they're going to end up doing, but like, I don't know how you feel about Sammy Callahan, but I am not a fan. And like, I think his best matches have been with Tessa. Like, and I and I've seen him wrestle a couple of times in indie shows and stuff. Like, it evolved, but like, I mean, that guy. Yeah, I saw him at Wrestle Circus as well. But I mean, like, that guy is just so like he believes he's so much better than what he is. In my opinion, like, I I am not 
he is not an intimidating presence at all. He's all but like five foot nine. Like he's he's short. He's annoying. He's loud. He'll spit on you. Like he does. He does overly grotesque things to get heat. You know what I mean? Like I've I watched just, him like literally take a hammer and nail to people's heads before, and it's like that's and I and I, I can stomach a lot of deathmatch wrestling, but when you're literally just nailing somebody's head, like there's no. There's no like art to that. Like you're actually just nailing somebody's head with a hammer and nail. Like, like yeah. I, I, so, but to answer your question, like the short answer, I'm I'm not a big Sammy Callahan fan. You know, um, I I respect him for what he's been able to do and like the career he's been able to have and like his longevity and stuff. But like, I'm not in any way, shape, or form like wanting him to be the Impact World Champion or even like in the main events or. Or anything like that. Well, it's like it's it, it, if if Impact didn't exist and they didn't want him, where would he be and how big would he be? Yeah, well, we saw how it went for him in NXT. I, I doubt he would ever really do much there. Right. So, um, like maybe MLW, like, maybe, and I know he was there for a little bit. Stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I just he's lucky that a company believes in him enough, but like, I am not that big of a fan at all. So no, you're not alone. That's it is actually, what it is. I think that's actually most, I mean, you know, I do all those impact watch alongs on Twitch and that's, that's a pretty constant theme is whenever Cal, it's the same with Callahan and Eddie Edwards. When both of with either of those guys are out there, it's the same thought of like, I respect these guys, but like, I don't want to see these guys constantly like in the main event or like the upper mid card. Like I did it's just they don't. What did we're? I'm sure you watched ROH back in the day, but like, what did you think of Eddie Edwards back then in ROH? I mean, I thought exactly what you probably thought. Like, Davy Richards was the star of the tag team, so right. You know, and I remember. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Eddie, Eddie was the first Ring of Honor TV champion, right? And he beat Davy for it, if I if I remember correctly. Some Something like that. I mean, they actually wrestled for the legit title too. Like, I know yeah, that. Yeah, but but, but Davy beat him for the title. For the real, yeah. for the world title, yeah, um, I'm pretty sure I'm. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I remember Eddie. Won, he was the first ever TV champ, and I'm pretty sure he beat Davy Richards in the finals for the title. And the only reason I think I remember that is because I was so confused because I was like, "How did? Why would? Why would Eddie beat Davy?" And then like, and then Eddie had the world title before Davy also, which I was like, "What the hell?" Like Davy's clearly like not only the better wrestler of the two, Davy was like the best wrestler in the world at the time. So, but I also think that Davey really like had no problem putting over his friends and he would been all for that. You know what I mean? I know. No, I agree. And especially because in, in like these interviews that I've heard that I know you've listened to as well, that where, where he basically talks about how the only reason he did a lot of the stuff he did in wrestling was because he is such good friends with Eddie and he knew that's what Eddie always yeah. wanted. Like he was really yeah. doing a lot of this stuff more to help him out than really to help himself out. So, right. I yeah, no, him. I agree with that. But I, I actually liked Eddie in ROH. Like, I mean, I'm not saying that I thought he was better than Davey by a long shot. Nothing like that. But, like, I liked Eddie. I thought he had good matches. Um, kind of reminded me of, like, that Roderick Strong type level. And uh, I I just, man, when he went into his new persona and gained, like, 30 pounds and became, like, this hardcore wrestler. And it all started with yeah. Sammy Callahan. And it all started with, like, Sammy Callahan hitting him in the eye with the baseball bat. Like. I just I can't I can't get into that. I do think it would be an interesting dynamic though to see the current Eddie versus the current Davy. 
just because I know we've seen it forever. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I'm excited about that, but it would look very different just to the eye to see them both that way. Um, So, so I would be okay with that. I would absolutely love to see Davey and impact. I think that would be fantastic. Um, And, you know, honestly, like, Call me crazy, but man, Davey and Kenny Omega had some amazing matches back in Ring of Honor. Like, I would love to see them somehow run that thing back. Like, you you gave me Omega and Seidel for no reason. Give me Omega and Richards, man. Put a Richards on dark, let him win a couple of matches, and then just run it. I would be ecstatic. I'd but much rather see that. Fantasy no, no, booking. No, I'm with you, though. I'd much rather see that. I mean, I'm seeing fans complaining about the side elders just in general because it's like, wait, why are these the only people where, like, I mean, the Matt Seidel and Omega match was good. Don't get me wrong. But I think a lot of people agree that Seidel got a lot more offense in that than he probably should have. But it was a really fun match. But he was in that scenario where it was like if he was totally unranked, but if he won, he was going to get a title shot for being the champion. And then him and his brother just had that same opportunity in the tag division against the Young Bucks. And it's like, what about the Seidel's? You know what I'm saying? Like, why are they yeah. the ones in these positions over and over again? When like, when I, I hate to say it, when most people are just going to think about Matt Seidel watching a shooting star press when they see him at this point. Like, one hundred percent. And I mean, the thing is, is like, you, you can't look more shot than botching the your finisher, the move that you've done like your whole career, and then attempting not to do it again. Because you're afraid that you can't land it anymore. But yeah, I'm supposed to believe that like you can hang with the today's roster. Like and he had a good match with Kenny, don't get me wrong, he did, but like I, I just there there's better out there, man. There just is. And then and I I you know, he's had a heck of a career and you know, no I I have no idea what his financial situation is. It probably isn't the best, and I'm sure that he welcomes the AEW paycheck, but man, like I just, yeah, I feel kind of the same way about like the Motor City Machine Guns, like amazing career for what they did in TNA and stuff, but like it's kind of over. Like they're not viewed the same. The only the only thing that would really save them though is like if they were to because right now you know, um, oh why am I like Alex Shelley isn't wrestling because it like because of his like. He has an actual job outside of wrestling. Yeah. Um, yeah. And is pandemic related and stuff. But like, if they were to team together right now, I think they could have a whole new life if they were involved with AEW teams. Like, if they could get in there with the Young Bucks right now and with, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I think they could have a real nice tag team run still right now because there are enough really good tag teams. Um, and we haven't seen them against those teams in a long time. Um, yeah. like, you know, Motor City versus the Young Bucks would just be fire in 2021 yeah. still, you know? Yeah. But, but I wouldn't say the same about, like, Eddie Edwards or Sammy Callahan. Like, I don't think... I'd like, like to see, Edwards... like, the Motor City Machine Guns versus the Lucha Bros. Yeah, for sure. 100%. I'd love to see. So, them and uh, Santana and Ortiz would be good. Them and Butcher yeah. Bros would be good. I mean, like, there's a lot of just... They would match up good with any... Literally any team. Um, yeah, I'd even say the same about like NXT or WWE. Like, I don't really want to see them there because of like their age and how long they've been around. But like, yeah, you know, I think there's still some longevity in Motor City in comparison to like Shelly and Callahan. But that's just kind of how I feel about it. Right. 
But then I'd also say the same thing about uh, the American Wolves, too, though. Like, all, all that aside about Eddie Edwards, if, if him and Davey tag-teamed, I'd say the same thing yeah. about them as I just said about Motor City. Yeah. No, that'd be an interesting dynamic to see the current Eddie with Davey, like, whether they faced each other, whether they teamed with each other. Um, but that would be dope, dude, if, like, the Bucks were talking about how great they are and how they've beaten everybody and the Wolves come out. Like, I would, I would mark out. But that'd be that's just me. Um, Kogan sent a, a super chat that I think is going to be really interesting. Um, what misconceptions among wrestling fans annoys you the most? I hate when people say WCW always sucked and that's why they went out of business. What misconceptions? Um, one, I guess about ECW that they had, were just hardcore wrestling and that's it. It's about like, baseball bats and barbed wire and all that. And like, dude, RVD and Jerry Lynn was just a straight crazy ass match that, that didn't, that it it didn't even have to be hardcore and it was still amazing. You know, Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero, all that stuff. Um, I think one crazy one now is that Hogan is like not even in the top 10 of greatest of all time. Like that is just nonsense. I think like, that's more, that's more related like the, the sex tape and N word and all that though. I think. Oh, for sure. But, yeah. but, but that doesn't change what the man did in the business. I mean, this no, no, man was the, Rushmore, as far as I'm concerned, no, yeah. th- for sure. He's the, he's the Babe Ruth. Like that's, he changed the business forever. Um, and regardless and like I said, he even gets on my nerves, and I love the guy. Like, you know, I don't know if you remember back in the day, but I did a video on him, and I basically made fun of the the religion that he went to and all. And you know what's funny about that? Like, Hogan is known as this racist, right? But the guy went to Layla Ali for advice on where to go for, like, help, and then he went to, like, a black church. And was surrounded by and had a great time and all that. Like real racists don't do that. You know what I mean? Like he said a racist name. He said a racist thing, but he is not a true racist in his heart. Like I've seen Hogan around black people. It is not that way at all. Like hugging them, welcoming, welcoming them, like totally cool. Um, I think, I think a lot of it is just like the terms and slangs that the guys grew up with in the business and, when they're around and they don't think that anybody is around, they feel comfortable and they say things that they shouldn't. And I mean, I think people do that no matter what. Um, But, and I'm not defending him, but I'm just saying like, I don't believe Hogan is a true racist at heart. I really don't. Uh, But, but at the end of the day, whether he is or he isn't, it doesn't change his contributions to the business. I mean, he put WWF on his back he put WCW on his back, like, and he carried both of them. And he did one as a baby face and one as a heel. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, I, yeah, I'm trying to think of some misconceptions of my own. Like, it's John Cena <laughs> sucks in the ring. I think that's a misconception. I think John Cena had has delivered a lot of incredible matches. Yeah, yeah, I agree, especially towards the end of his run, which is kind of funny how that turned out. Like, he actually, I think, wound up being better towards the end than he was during his, like, main run. I think a good one would be, 
if y'all ever want to go back here on this channel, I think it's still on here, probably on this channel. Uh, Doug and Bill did a Vincent Man is Such a Genius video that I really liked. And that yeah. tells a lot of misconceptions about basically because here's the and here's the thing like right now what you're seeing on wwe television like if you have the i don't want to make fun of people if you're watching wwe raw that's fine but like if you watch raw every week and you're complaining about it every week and you're sitting there going like man i don't know what's happening vincent man i think this is this is vincent man this has been vincent man the entire time like yeah vincent man took hulkamania which Hulk Hogan was already over in the in the AWA, and he took him, and they created WrestleMania. And yes, granted, Vince deserves a ton of credit for WrestleMania, but he also went into the other territories, which he told his dad he wasn't going to do. He he took ECW's ideas to create the Attitude Era. He took DX was the NWO, all these things. Yep. It's like so. I think that's a big misconception too. Is like. I think Vincent Mann's actually not only that wrestling was was the new generation of, of Mantar and stuff like that's Vincent Mann. He, he only went he only went three hours on television because Nitro did it. He only yeah. expanded the pay per views because WCW did it. That's why they came up with in your houses because yep. WCW decided to have a pay per view every month. Yeah, like pay per view model. Yep. Right. So I think business wise, he definitely is there because like. Um, he comes up with ways to market and, and do things. But like, I think Vince's ideal, like wrestling was like, uh, the Lex express. Yeah. And going yeah, yeah. the clown and all that. Like when it was bad in 95, like he's thinking this is great, <laughs> you know? And now here we are again. And he just wants guys to be yes men and not push his buttons and just agree with what he wants to produce. And yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think, and, and I think we also are dealing with a guy that is completely outdated at this point. Like he needs people to tell him what is cool, what is relevant, what people like. And there's too many people that are afraid of him. And like, I don't know if you heard recently, but I heard the rumors recently, like you're not allowed to, to knock on his door anymore. I've heard like, little things. You can't about even that, come yeah. and talk to him. So it's like, yeah, now he's kind of like shutting himself off. And also they said that he doesn't want to do the, the um, talking to the um, investors and doing interviews and stuff. Like he just, he just wants to be left alone and do his thing. And then let let like Bruce Pritchard and those do his dirty work. You know what I mean? So I think we're definitely getting to a point where Vince is is kind of on his way out. But I'm really curious, is like a Nick Khan gonna get WWE or is like a Stephanie and Triple H or like how is that dynamic gonna work, you know? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out because like, if I was a kid, I'd be really excited about all this Nick Khan stuff I'm hearing. Like, because if I was a kid, I would, you know, it would be cool as hell growing up if, like, Sting was teaming with the Power Rangers. And so, you know what I mean? Like, as a kid, that would be great. But as an, yeah. as an adult in my 30s, you know, that's why I'm so glad these other companies exist and that I'm so interested in these other companies. Because that's the future that I see for the WWE. It's going to be very, like, they're not going to have this effect where they're, like, gonna do what they did in the late 90s and like completely 180 their product and like 
reintroduce the attitude error or something like that. Like they're just going to keep going the direction that they're currently in more PG, more family friendly, more politically correct, more, more onto Disney, more collabing with big brands. And it's going to be more and more of an entertainment yeah. company that has nothing to do with wrestling. And, and it's going to be more like Rosenberg's and more like people like that, that are going to be trying to push it to a mainstream audience and not, people that are really dug in on the business. Like it's, it's going to be very manufactured and corporate. Like that's what like the bump or whatever that is. I hate that show because it's very like basically doesn't acknowledge real wrestling fans. It's just like, Oh, Hey, today we've got Natty on. Hey Natty, you know, like just cheesy, generic, like, Hey, thanks for tuning in. And don't forget this Sunday, we've got WrestleMania Backlash. And like, nobody cares that's really invested in wrestling. But like, they try to sell it like it's the greatest thing ever. You know what I mean? Like, I I hate that fake manufactured corporate garbage. And, um, And what bothers me is I feel like that they stuck their foot in and they they gave us a lot, right? They took a bunch of indie stars and they let them keep their names. They changed the in-ring style and let these guys really go out there and deliver. And at some point, they decided to scale this thing back. And now I just don't see them ever going back to that. I see them staying at this level. Look at SmackDown's ratings, right? They don't have to worry about anything. And now I think they're already talking about selling SmackDown rights again in negotiations. And it's, it's, it's one of those things that like they're looking to distribute live content because that is what cable networks are willing to pay for. And as long as they have that, then, and, and honestly, I don't even know if, the, if, if a bunch of cable networks know the difference between a raw and a SmackDown. Like they just think WWE, right? So we need one of them. So if we don't get SmackDown, we need Raw. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they don't understand that one show is producing somewhat quality, and the other show is producing just complete garbage. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And the the really sad thing too is like, if they were just doing what if if they were airing SmackDown on Mondays, I would watch on Mondays still. You know, like that's how different. Yeah, it's one company with two different writing teams and one show seems to be significantly more entertaining than the other. And I don't want to watch wrestling. I, I mean, I, I shouldn't say that I do watch wrestling on Friday still pretty often, but I don't want to really watch WWE um, with raw. There's a few things about the show. Like I liked that last year's the champion. I'm interested in the riddle and Orton stuff. And I'm interested in the AJ and Omos stuff, but I'm not interested enough to sit through a three hour show to, to watch those things. So like, and that's the thing know, too, is your worst show is three hours worth of content. Like, damn. Like, and take away Roman, right? Take away Roman from SmackDown. What on God's green earth do you have that people are buzzing about right now? Yeah, that you're that would create actual buzz like there because it's all going to be surrounding Roman, like Daniel Bryan, Cesaro, all that kind of stuff. But that also involves Roman Reigns. Um, Right. I mean, that's and, and, and I think one of the, the key things that they're missing is y- you can create a superstar, but you've got to create another superstar to feud with that superstar. 
yep. and then they both grow, you know, Stone Cold and The Rock. They grew off of each other. Triple H, Stone Cold, Triple H, The Rock, you know, Undertaker, Stone Cold. Like they all feud with each other. They all grew off of each other. If you are just having Roman and nothing else and it's just on to the next guy, like how is that beneficial for anybody? I think that's a big part. I think that's a big part of what's wrong with the uh, the brand extension. And it's and it's funny because it's actually the opposite of what it's intended to do. Because you would think yeah. with with the two rosters, it would give more opportunity to create stars. But I think because there's so many titles and the show's so diluted, and some people watch Raw, some people watch SmackDown, some people don't watch either. Yada yada. I think if it was just one show, like I think for instance, I think someone like Drew McIntyre or someone like Lashley would have had a way better chance of hitting a Roman Reigns type level if they were all on one show. Like yeah. if, you had, if you had Roman doing what he's doing, but Drew was like, uh, was the intercontinental champion and there was not also a U.S. title and there wasn't also all this other stuff. And you built him like they used to back in the day. Like you give someone like Drew McIntyre, like a year long intercontinental title run. And then by the time he's ready for Roman, like if he beats Roman, it's like, Oh wow. Like that's, he's been incredible this whole year with this other title. And now he's beaten our top guy. Now we have two top guys that can that can wrestle each other. And then you you keep you keep doing that because you're, it's never gonna. You just you keep just rinse and repeat as much as you can with the with as many people as you can. But when they when they split the rosters the way that they have, it just it, I I just don't think it I just don't think it works. I think it's been proven that they have since John Cena. There's been nobody like nobody. Yeah. You know, yep. and it's been it's been decades. It's insane. But it's like, has there been nobody, or they just chosen to go and like just to no, focus no, no. on yeah. one guy? They've had a lot of talent there. Don't get me yeah. wrong; like they have the most. They, they probably have the most talented like roster on like an athletic level right now than they ever have. But yeah, the only person who's treated like a star is Roman Reigns, and that came five years too late. Also, like had had they had they done this stuff five years ago with Roman when everybody wanted it, right now he'd be the biggest baby face in wrestling. And they'd be in a yeah. totally different position, I think. So, yeah. Yeah. I well, and it's like tough. Kevin Owens had a ton of momentum when he came in, like, and then they yeah. just shut that thing down. And then, like, you know, AJ, like, to me, it's like, man, let that guy ride until the wheels fall off. Like, I know it's his last year, like, but it, he should have never, like, just kind of went, you know, like, there just needs – they they have their brain. Good God! If you're going to invest this much TV time into someone, this much different, this much character development, this much special effects, music, entrance, the whole nine. Like, dude, you have to make it worthy. Seth Rollins, like, you go from uh, just being like one of the best wrestlers in the world to like this wrestling messiah to now like the king of drip, like. It, there's just so much that they've that they've run with, and then nothing. And then let's not forget that this company basically dedicated their whole lives, their whole livelihood to Brock Lesnar, and Roman suffered from it, and everyone suffered from it. And this guy was a part-time champion, and it lost so much credibility from the belt because the belt was never defended, and it was only defended when Brock wanted to do it, and. And and also you're losing Cena at that same time, so there's just it was just like a perfect storm of a disaster. But man, to me, it's like okay, if you want to fix this thing, 
call carrying cross right now, right? Don't have him lose. At the end of the day, like build that guy up and then him and Roman fight. And then regardless what happens, still keep him strong. Bring in Adam Cole, right? Don't have him lose. These guys cannot come in, debut, and then you're like, oh, I'm, not, I'm not really seeing it, pal. And then just stop it because it just kills everything, you know? Why yeah. is Cesaro now being pushed? And the guy's been in the company for over a decade. Like, I, I get it better late than never, but at the same point, you can't look at that guy the same. Could you imagine if he came out of NXT red hot and then was catapulted to the main event right off the bat? You know, Ricochet, like Ricochet and Aleister Black both, they had a ton of momentum going in, and then they just kill it. Like they just don't allow these guys to be everything that they can be. And you have yeah. to dedicate, you know, and it, it, it's like, dude, you remember the eighties? Like, Papa Shango showed up. He he went straight to the warrior, you know, like, like nails shows up. It's like main event. Like these guys, when they first undertaker, you know, like it, it, it's, it's like, that's how you have to push new talent, especially if they're already established in NXT. So yeah. I, I just well, think they're completely dropped the ball. Yeah, they can they consistently drop the ball with that stuff. I mean, I I didn't watch Raw last night, but I did see some people can I actually listened to uh Brian Alvarez talk about this for a couple minutes, I think today, where so there's a wrestler when I do the Fightful Select weekend or I'm covering a whole bunch of stuff, and one of the things that I'm covering is two oh five live. Like I keep up with what's going on in that show. <laughs> and how about the main, main event, huh? Did you see that promo from uh Ali on Ricochet? Oh, I saw the other going to be on Twitter on main, on main event. Yeah, um, but like the dude cut a promo on the side of the street to promote him and Ricochet on main event, and I'm like, dude, these poor guys, like they're trying yeah. everything they can to get buzz for the main event. It's not even sad, but it's just called the main event. Nobody watches it, right? Exactly. <laughs> and, and so the thing, is, so the reason I bring up 205 Live is because they got a guy on there called Mansoor, and he was like the guy who won the battle Royal and the Saudi Arabia thing, he's like undefeated on those Saudi shows. Um, and he's been in 205 live and wrestling on 205 live and on main event consistently for a, a while now. And he going into this, going into yet, what's say Tuesday going into yesterday, he had won 49 matches in a row on either main event or 205 live. It's been like this, this kind of streak that he's been on storyline wise. So 49 and zero. And all of those matches ended decisively with a pin or a submission. He debuted on Raw last night, and I'm pretty—I don't know exactly what happened, but I think he was like mid-match, and Sheamus came out and broke kicked him DQ. Like this, it's like this guy, like you had done something with him at least forty-nine and zero. He had something going for him, and then his yeah. first night on Raw just looks like a total jabroni. Gets bro kicked in the face. No one cares. You know what I mean? It's like, I mean, this, this, this is another thing about, like, if Vince is a genius, right? If Vince had Goldberg in NXT and Goldberg was, like, on a streak of, like, 51-0, and 0, he'd job him out in the first three weeks. Yeah, and, like, really. it's over. <laughs> yeah. 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 Not only that, Keith Lee, uh, you need to go back and learn how to wrestle. Like, and I yeah. remember <laughs> watching Keith Lee – and thinking to myself, like, dude, this guy is like Vince's wet dream. He's yeah. huge, he's but he's amazing in the ring. Like, Backflip. he's got all this size. 
backflips. I'm like, he can get an audience that normally might not tune in because of certain things. Like, you know, he can, he can get that type of audience and like nothing, nothing. And I'm like, what the hell does, do these guys got to do? And I understand they're so frustrated. And just as a fan, like to me, it's like, like at the end of the day, like I just don't care enough anymore to be invested. I just this is what they do. And right. so whenever you're like, Yay, I signed with the WWE, like, okay, cool. I know what you're about to go through. And I don't really want to hear you complain about it, honestly, because you chose to go there. So um yeah, it's just uh it's just unfortunate. I, I don't I don't I don't understand. And I still don't understand what's going on with Keith Lee. Like I, you know, medical yeah. or whatever, but I don't think anybody it, really it, knows what's going on. It's just bizarre. I mean, yeah, it really is. I hope everything's okay with them. But yeah, it's I mean, this is what the WWE is, man. I mean, it's like for anybody who's still sitting there on my like once again, if you watch Raw, that's that's fine. And I might start watching it again too if they change who's on the show and they change the writing and stuff and the story. But it, the thing is, I just don't have any expectation of it getting any better. Like, I have just fully mm-hmm. accepted that this is what it is. And it's mm-hmm. for people that are not me. Like, it's not, you know, so I, I, I mean, I actually, I feel bad for the fans that watch every week and they're like, oh, this, this, this will be the week where it turns, starts turning around. Like, it's, gonna all good <laughs> it's all going to get good again. It's like, Oh God! I'll say it like this: If you're, if you are, I don't want to like. For me to watch Raw right now, you would literally have to pay me to watch the show. Like you would have to give me money to watch the show, and then give me more money to review the show. That's the only way I would do that for three hours. Like, and there's people willingly doing it, which is like. All right, and that's on you. If you're watching a show every week that totally sucks, that isn't getting any better, and you're complaining about it every time you watch it, I don't really feel bad for you after after a while. You know, you, you should know at this point what you're getting. So, um, yeah. So yeah, it's 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 just it's just sad. It's just sad to see where the WWE's at with all that, but this is what it is. And, l- and luckily for us, there's other options. There, there, I am watching more pro wrestling than I ever have in my entire life, and I'm watching the least yeah. amount of WWF that I have in my entire life. Yep, for sure. And I mean, as this thing keeps going on, once things start clearing up, there's going to be more wrestling, a lot more wrestling. Um, and, and and that's what I'm looking forward to is like, you know, we're just talking about a random truck picked you up. There we go. Oh, that's cool. But we're just talking about like a random dynamite, Sorry. right? Yeah, and you're, yeah, I think and you're just. No, it's cool. And then you're like, dude, you got to check out this indie show that happened with this match. It's incredible. And like the crowd was really into it. And it's just like, and then, you know, we can start talking about guys that people might not know much about and kind of build them up. And then they get signed. And like, there's just so much about wrestling outside of the WWE that's exciting. And you're having a lot of guys just say, I don't want to be there. Right. Like, there was such a uh, – I remember the stigma for Strike Force, right, was like these guys were not good enough to be in the UFC. And that just wasn't the case at all. They just didn't want to deal with the UFC. They didn't want to deal with Dana. They didn't want to be in the company. And and the UFC proved that. But when, you know, they bought Strike Force, all those guys came over and they were all legit talent. A ton of legit talent came from Strike Force. And um, 
it's the same thing, right? Like Will Ospreay could absolutely be in the WWE if he wanted to be. He doesn't want to be, right? And there's a lot of people like that where you don't just have to be in the WWE to be something. And I keep hearing like, man, I got into it with these guys and they were like, they asked like, what's the top five best wrestling factions in, in the wrestling history? And I couldn't give them five. But I gave him three for sure in my mind. And I was like the NWO, DX, and the Bullet Club. And they were like, the Bullet Club? Bullet Club's a joke. If, if maybe if they were like in a, in a real company and they did that, then they would have been huge and all that stuff. And I'm like, do you understand that these guys literally were able to build a company because they got so big, they became bigger than the company? Like – that they outsold those big companies that you're talking about on hot at a hot topic, you know, like that they were able to create their own storylines on YouTube and get more ratings than what they would get like on a normal wrestling show. Like, like they changed wrestling forever. And to me, like, I just wish, dude, that there was a storyline like the Bullet Club is fine with Cody and Kenny and mixed in with Abushi and the Broken Up of the Bucks. I don't want to run that back because I feel like that's kind of what they were doing with the Adam Page thing. But, like, damn, that was a good storyline. I was so yeah. invested in that storyline. Like, I remember watching Being the Elite and, like, Kenny shows up at the Bucks hotel room and then here comes Coda also. And it was just like, oh, my God. And, like, every week, dude, like, they would just hit those, like, cliffhangers at the end. And there was just – it was so good. And I and I feel like AEW could really use a storyline like that, like really hit it out of the park. Yeah, that, that whole story was awesome. but Because that was all about, like, you know, Cody – like you look like he was going to take over. You know, if the Bucks were going to go yep. with him, and uh, I mean, yeah, that whole story was great. And then also, like you know, as far as like best factions, and I can talk as much trash as I want to about the current day WWE product, but like honestly, one of my favorite factions ever is the Shield. I thought that they were fantastic. Um, like yeah, that, that original run. And the reason I bring them up though is because like that was done so well. And those three guys could have been your the, the nucleus of a, an, an incredible WWE for the next decade. Like yep. you know, and and they did a few good things with the, with them, but they also messed up a lot of it. Namely Roman Reigns, and then what they did with with um with Moxley and all that Ambrose. Like, yeah, but I mean that I just want to throw that out there too because like I honestly think the shield was the best WWF faction ever, like strictly WWF. I put them over DX. Um, like I really, 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 really like, yeah, I, I, I can't I, do that. I can't do that. If it's me breaking it, I got NWO at one bullet club at two shield at three. If it's like my top three and I'd have the four horsemen in the top five. Why, no, why is the, why is the NWO one for you? A part of it's going to be, well, the growing up, you know, like I love the NWO. So there's going to be some bias there, but also like that group is the reason why WCW was beating WWF all those weeks too. Yeah. Like, so yeah. it wasn't just like a cool group that had a cool t-shirt and I was so into all, all that, but like, even in hindsight, looking back, like, cause also if you're going to talk about DX, like they were clearly a ripoff of what the NWO was doing. 
So, yep. you know what I mean? So, um, well, and that's the thing that people so cool forget. Guys. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that people forget is like Raw was being ran in like a 4,000, maybe 5,000 seat arena that was like pretty in a, in a part of nowhere. And like they, they looked second rate, right? Like they didn't have the stars and you're watching WCW and you're seeing all the guys that you grew up with. To me, what made the NWO look so incredible was, is it really looked like WWF came in and invaded WCW. Like that's what really was like genius about it was it was like, they literally are coming to take over WCW and mostly they took all those WWF fans that had been with them forever and transferred them over to WCW. And we hated WCW because we grew up with the WWF. So to me, it was like the perfect storm because you grew up with the WWF and now you're getting to see the WWF literally destroy WCW. So that's why I think they're the perfect, they're the best faction. Yeah. It got, it got too big. It got out of control, but like at its core, amazing. Yeah. And, and for me, like I know all that stuff in hindsight because like as a kid, like I, I wasn't watching the WWF. I was just watching WCW. So like I was learning who these people were as they were coming into WCW. But then like when the internet really started blowing up, then I was able to like read all about like, Oh, okay. Like now I see the like, Oh, Shawn Michaels and Kevin Ash are best friends. Like I didn't know that. Like there's like all these, yeah. I had to learn all, yeah. I had to learn all this stuff. After. Let my people go. Like when DX was showing up saying, let my people go. I'm like, they're in WCW. Like, I don't get it. Like, let my people go. What are you talking about? So yeah, yeah there's definitely stuff like that. I didn't get yeah, but yeah, I just time. I just think it was a it was oh god, it was awesome. And not only that, like I had never really been a part of something to see so many heel turns and baby face turns by who's wearing the NWO shirt and like who reveals an NWO shirt and who takes off an NWO shirt. Like it was just it was wild, and I'll never uh, it was Luger, it's a cool story. I'll never forget Lex Luger throwing that Wolfpack shirt on. Just being like, yeah. what? Lex Luger joined the NWO. Like, what? And the and the fans went nuts for it. Like, uh, they went Sting, well, then Sting. And, and, and pretended to go black and white, but then tore it off. Yep. It was Wolfpack. Like, yeah, that was man. Those were the days. And like Wolfpack was like the cool NWO, you know? Like it oh, was yeah. uh, it it was dope. And and you know, red was my favorite color. So just seeing that, like, it was a uh, it was a very cool thing. Well, before you go, I wanted to talk about um, – I don't know how to pronounce his name, so if you want to go ahead, because I'm sure you do. Yuri, like how do you pronounce this Pro- guy's name? Prohaska. Prohaska. This guy impressed the crap out of me, and I I never seen him fight. And I know that he's been around, but I had never seen him fight. And uh, so usually what I first do is when I find out, you know, the fighter or whatever – um, I'll check Sheardog to see his record, who he's fought, all that stuff. And I went in there, man, and, like, he's already beat Nimkov, who's the Bellator light heavyweight champion. He's beat C.B. Dalloway, King Mo, 
uh, Fabiano Maldonado, um, like a, a, a lot of good guys. Uh, and then he beat Ozdemir, right? Um, yeah. So, I, and like I, it, the first thing I thought of was like, who is this Tong Po looking dude from Bloodsport, right? Or kickboxing, whichever one is. I always mix those two up. But like he had the thing, and uh, he really he he didn't really defend punches very well, and he took a lot of serious shots. But he just kept going forward, man. Like Jesus, and poor Reyes, man. I mean, the guy would hit him with some really solid shots and just get freaking drilled. And uh, that knockout was absolutely brutal. His eyes were shut. He couldn't see the spinning elbow coming. Totally knocked him out. Uh, he he landed awkwardly on like his head, neck. I hope he was okay. Um, but but man, like this guy, this guy's the the next contender after him and Glover. Like after Jan and Glover, I, I don't see anybody close to it. So uh, and then that makes me think, like, damn, now that's three contenders that John Jones could have fought, and yet we're playing. BS games here at heavyweight. You know what I mean? And uh, I I just feel like John got out at the wrong time. I feel like this guy um, is extremely exciting. I'm really looking forward to – and they're both Polish, correct? So, like, if if a pandemic is done in Poland, I think that they can run that thing with him and and Jan, I think is what they said. Yeah, I mean, so – even going back to like the guys that he beat coming into this fight. And this, that was the only reason that I was skeptical about picking, because I did pick Reyes as like my prediction going into the fight. Yeah. In. And part right. of it had to do with like, yeah, he beat King Bo. Yeah. I beat Fabio Maldonado, but like those guys were on like the tail end of their careers when he beat mm-hmm. them. So I didn't really think it was that impressive, but they're guys, you know what I mean? Like as far as I'm concerned, Fabio Maldonado beat Fedor. You know what I mean? That yeah, was, for sure. Fedor, you know, you watch that fight, right? Yes, and then the Fedor, Russia. dude. Yeah, yeah. There was there was no better than that commentator. That guy was the greatest thing I'd ever heard. He was just like, "Could the god of a fight? Oh my god, the Fedor! Could Fedor? <laughs> like he was losing his mind. Fedor's literally like knocked out and then yeah. like still recovers, and he's just like." Oh God, the fade on! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean that that fight could have definitely been stopped. Like, I, I, you know, Maldonado got so screwed in that one because uh, he, even though the fight didn't get stopped, he should have won the decision. But that all being said, you know, he has that win over Nemkov. But once again, it was years ago before Nemkov was like really the Nemkov we're seeing now in Bellator. So right. I had my reservations. And Ozdemir's a good fighter, but he's been kind of hot and cold, depending on you yep. know, the, the level of competition. So so going into it, I was a little unsure. But, you know, there are things that concern me about Prohaska, but there are things that, like, make him – it's the same thing that make him really exciting to watch. Like, he, he stood right in front of Reyes. Like, his hands were yep. low. Um, he got hit quite a bit. Like, he, yep. it was the, the striking numbers were actually way closer than people probably realize. Oh, yeah. Um, he got, he got but, tagged. But Prohaska, he, if he fights, so I guess it's, I think he for sure should fight the win of Blahovich and Tashera. I'll throw that out there right now. Like, he for sure should get the next title shot after Tashera and Blahovich. But 
if he fights Teixeira Blahovich the same way that he fought Reyes, I think he's going to get starched. Because I don't think you can stand there with your hands down right in the pocket like that when someone like Blahovich is throwing heat at you. I just don't think you can... Yeah. You can do that now, and, and, and that could him. happen. But he he really seemed disappointed in his performance and upset that he got hit a lot. So I feel like he's definitely gonna try to tighten things up a little bit. And also to his credit, a lot of the times when he was getting hit, he was rolling with the punches. Like he would go with yeah. with the strike, so he wasn't getting hit like super clean for a lot of them. Um, but yeah. I think he's a really exciting fighter, and what really helps him in his case is that he hasn't fought for the title. Like this is fresh blood. Yep. So yep. Um, and so I, I mean, and he beat a current like number one contender. Yeah, yeah, for sure. A guy who a lot of people think beat John Jones. So yep. It's uh. So I, this I is this is another him. thing that I kind of wanted to get into. Right? Is we saw John Jones. Barely get out of there against Santos with a and Santos had a torn ACL. Right, we saw John. I I mean, you could argue Reyes won that fight. Extremely close fight, right? And these guys have not done well since. Right, and John has been struck. John's struggling with these guys. Is John at the point now where he's really lost a step? Or has he destroyed these guys so bad mentally that they're not the same? I I think it's a little bit of both because like I I think I think there's a little too and this isn't like this is, I don't even know how to say that. This. This hey, isn't hey like real down- quick, what it what it, what's the fightful news, Brandon? You know anything? Yeah, I need to know what that is. I'm Brandon. If you can't tell, I'm literally sitting here with my power out in my truck right now because all the uh, power in my apartment's out because of a storm. So I can't really read the internet right now, unfortunately. But um, yeah, who's got the fightful news? Post the story. So with uh, what we just talked with um, I just lost my train of thought. Uh, Prohaska and Tashera. He says, my dream of a three-man group could be closer to happening. God, I don't remember what that was. Yeah, you're going to have to remind us what that is, Brandon. Spill the beans, Brandon. But anyways, um, we were talking about John Jones as he lost his Oh, step. right, right, right. Okay, so I I don't want to diminish his opponents, but, like, I, I feel like it needs to be said. Like, John Jones, those fights were close, but... He didn't do anything oh. but kickbox. Oh, okay. What we got? So that's that's oh. I guess confirmed. Okay. I like knowing that. I love knowing that. Wow. Um. That gets me giddy. Yeah, I want Daniel Bryan and Osprey. I want Daniel Bryan and AEW. Like, let's run it. Oh yeah, Daniel with Bryan two down. All they got to do, dude. Just meet up with Punk. That's it, dude. I mean, you got now you got Punk, Brian, and Joe all available. Not only that, dude. If Daniel's contract actually expired, he's free to go now. No, yeah, no ninety days. Yeah, I want Omega and Daniel Bryan at double or nothing <laughs> now. Yeah, that'd be so sick. Um. Oh, yeah. Okay, go ahead, John Jones. I'm trying oh, yeah, to stay yeah. focused so, here. Well, so, I mean, there's not a whole lot more I can say about it, to be honest. I, I think I think part of why those fights were so close is because John Jones 
what I don't want to say he wasn't trying, but like he was only kickboxing these guys. If he would have went out there and just like shot a double leg on Dominic Reyes and just did what he yeah. did during the beginning of his title run, I don't think these fights are that close. And then on top of that, like you just said, I think John Jones is like taking these dudes' souls at the same time. Like, especially when you're someone like Dominic Reyes, because that happened to him with Jones and then again with Bolhovich. So it's like now you got to yeah. get yourself up for for another trying to go for another run at the title and like i think i think the blahovich one did more damage to him honestly because it's like yeah i lost to john jones but i should be able to beat anybody else in the world and then to get destroyed by blahovich that's like okay like and now he just got destroyed by yuri like this is where like things can like completely alter careers um and it's not just that it's, it's you know i think if you look at his last four, I think it's the last four opponents. Anthony Smith has won a couple fights since, but outside of that, Teixeira yeah. ha- hasn't won, Santos hasn't won, and Reyes hasn't won. So, Yeah. But, like, part of me makes me feel like if John really could just win fights by taking people down, then why didn't he do it? Like, at some point, I, he was losing these fights, and he chose not to do it. I honestly – and once again, I don't want to, like, speak for the guy, but, like, I've heard enough no, of no. interviews – but it's but it's like I I think that he likes to give himself that reason. Like like I, he I there's something in his mentality where it's like, I'm gonna go out there, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna just outstrike the guy because he's a striker. He went out there and took down Daniel Cormier to prove a point that he could take down an Olympic wrestler. Like I think he just does stuff almost as like uh if because he used to talk about doing cocaine but like days before his fights because if he lost then he would have that mental excuse of like well i mean i really wasn't at my best anyways i was doing coke a few days ago like so what if i lost yeah so i think that's kind of his mindset too screw it i'm gonna go kickbox these guys if they if they beat me that whatever i mean i didn't actually fight them so i just think that's part of who john jones is for better or worse john jones just he just built different he's got a different kind of mentality and uh i just to me i wouldn't make but to me, like I really feel like he is—he's getting dangerously close to losing and losing in a very bad way. And I, and I feel like that he's barely getting out of these fights against guys that we're seeing not do so well afterwards. And I—I I think a Francis fight could be a total disaster. Like I think yeah, that I that think, thing I could just be the, the end of him. That's the calculated risk I think he's taking, though. Is like. If he is going to lose spectacularly, it's yep. going to be at heavyweight to a guy who. I agree. The two hundred five legacy is intact, no matter what. And exactly. so, if he loses, then he loses at heavyweight. I also thought it was really interesting that he has no manager. As of like recently, he just left. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, why am I? Th- the brothers, uh, Ab- Abraham. Yeah, Malky, Malky, yeah. and Abraham. And, like, Abraham, I guess, is the one that's been repping him. And him and Malky haven't talked in, like, three years or something like that, which that's is crazy because Malky used to be, like, his mouthpiece. Well, that's, a, that's probably good they've distanced because Malky was also the guy, like, signing his probation hours and stuff for him. Like, that he wasn't. Yeah, well, Malky was a bad influence. And Malky, yeah. I don't know if you know, but, like, Malky signs nothing but knuckleheads in football, too. Like, if you have an off-the-field issue – then Malky's probably your agent in football. There you go. It kind of seems like that dude. Um, just yeah. based on what I've seen with John's career, yeah. And I've even heard, so, you know, John Jones talking about – I saw him on Steve-O's podcast not too long ago, and he was talking about how 
like he's going into the Francis fight. If he fights Francis, he's going in there thinking like this guy's going to knock me out. Like I need to go in here and try to catch him. I need to go out here and be a better athlete, but like, I'm probably going to wake up with a broken jaw in the hospital. So I need to get paid a ton of money for this thing. And like, I think he knows, like, I think he knows his time is event. Someone is going to get him, but if someone's going to get him, he's going to get $20 million to go out there and have it happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure, man. Okay. So let's, let's get into this just real quick. Uh, Daniel Bryan, like this is, this is crazy. Um, the, the the it's in, it's it's limitless honestly like the guy can literally go anywhere he wants i feel like any company would welcome him dude if you're tony khan and you you don't have any build up to double or nothing like how do you not do kenny omega and daniel bryan at double or nothing and oh, yeah. what i love about tony khan is he understands the importance of paying the rights for final countdown like he gets it so I feel like Daniel Bryan will come out to final countdown if he comes out to a- in AEW. And I just think that that is like that, – that is a dream that wrestling fans never thought that they would get. And not only that, Stephen, the momentum that AEW would have if they did Daniel Bryan and Kenny Omega, like that is a, a major shift – in 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 the the projection of pro wrestling oh yeah dude i mean i trust me i'm all for that if i mean kenny omega brian danielson final countdown american let him come out be called the american dragon like i mean just oh bring bring out the robe yeah maroon tights and yeah let's do it shave your head hell yes shave, shave your head shave your beard just come out just totally clean and bald again and just American dragon, baby. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be so sick. So yeah, like, man, cause there's no way that Tony Khan is not like, I'll give you whatever you want, dude. Like, I don't care. Like if you're a diehard wrestling fan and, and, and Brian Danielson is available, like, bro, you do whatever you got to do. Imagine Daniel Bryan putting Kenny Omega in the cattle mutilation. Like, just how nuts a fan, like, a crowd would go to see that. Like, just a move we haven't seen him do in so long. Like, I mean, it would just be, man, I'm I'm going to be really disappointed now if we don't get Kenny Omega versus Dan- – uh, I, I, I don't even want to keep calling him Daniel Bryan. We got to go back to calling him Bryan. Yeah, Daniel. he's Brian Danielson now. The man Daniel. is free. Let's go. Man, that's awesome. The man is free. I have no reason to. to hey, if Fightful is reporting it, then then it should be legit. Oh, I I mean, I trust me. I there are few supporters of Fightful as uh, as big as I am, man. I I right. very much trust their news. So, yeah, man. That's awesome. That 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 is incredible. God, could you imagine if you just came out the end of blood and guts? I just, ugh. Talk like, could you imagine if, like, MJF, if, if if the Pinnacle won the match and MJF is just, like, running down the the inner circle and all that and the freaking lights go out and all of a sudden final countdown hits and out comes Brian Danielson, I will lose my mind. Yeah, I'm going to change my pants for sure. <laughs> Man. 
And see, that's oh, that's man. that's what the, that's what you got to love, man, about wrestling. It's just so unpredictable. You never know what's going to happen. And I mean, that might be enough. That might be enough to to gain some interest from uh from Chip, Chick Magnet. You know, that might be enough yeah. to 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 really really turn this tide. Um, that that's a uh, that's a that's a big deal, dude. Imagine like if he went in there and he cut a promo too. If he went in there and he was like, "Thank God I can wrestle again." Like I'm yeah. so glad to be out of that effing company. <laughs> like, uh, like really... <laughs> I don't think he'd be that mean, but I think he'd definitely say something along the lines yeah. of like, "I can now finally be Brian Danielson again." You know what I mean, or something. Yeah, like no, no, that. I. I totally agree. I don't think he's like the kind of guy who would, but I mean, just imagine something like that. If he was out there going, man, I was going to make this move four years ago, but then they cleared me because they knew I was heading here. So now I'm fine. Here's the thing though. Like you, you got the whole storyline of the belt collector of Kenny Omega. Like, but do you have Brian Danielson lose to Kenny Omega right off the bat? Like, ah, that's tough. That is tough. That's a hard one to to call. I'd be okay with it if, if, Omega won it back from him in a couple months or something like that. Um, because I think Omega has to be your guy for like the next year with that title, like while they while they keep playing all this forbidden door stuff out. Um, let's see, I wouldn't blame yeah. him from a business decision, but it surely would be a disappointment if you were to re- Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel the same way about anybody who signs with the WWE. I'm not mad if they do it because they're just securing their future for themselves and their families and stuff, but like. As a fan, I'd be very disappointed if, if I now know. But see, to me, to me, this is this is a guy you don't let out the door, no matter what, because AEW caters to people that are fans of Brian Danielson, and if you let that guy go out the door and go to AEW, the ratings will change. I'm telling you that right now. Like at the end of the day. Because it, it, Brian was a big star, and the guy just headlined WrestleMania for crying out loud. Like, and, and to me, I don't know if that was a negotiation thing that they tried to do to like convince him to stay and gave him the the main event at WrestleMania. But I did think it was interesting when in the post uh, interviews where Daniel Bryan was kind of like, I didn't really like feel it anymore. Like, I just it, it just kind of felt like bland. And I think what he wants is to feel like that freedom again, to feel that that different energy, that indie energy. Um, I, I think that's what he wants. And so um, I don't see him signing with AEW. I don't see him signing long term. But since the forbidden door is open, uh, AEW might be a perfect place for him because they can definitely offer him a limited schedule and he can go other places and wrestle, you know? Like, what if Andrade challenged Omega, which he did, but what if Brian Danielson is the one that says, I'll wrestle you instead, and he gets to wrestle him in Mexico or something like that? Like, just things like that that you would never get to see if he was stuck in WWE, you know what I mean? Yeah, I've also heard him in, like, recent interviews talking about guys like Lee Moriarty and stuff, like the technical guys, Jonathan Gresham, I've heard him talk. I mean, how huge would that be for Ring of Honor if he came in for one match with Jonathan Gresham? Like, that'd be so Oh, 100%. That'd be, that'd be the biggest thing Ring of Honor's done in a decade. Easy. 
I mean, oh, for sure. And yeah, and what so better way would that be? Like if they did like a return of fans night that night, and they did Gresham and Daniel Bryan or something like that. That's that's massive, dude. I want God like, give me give me Omega and Bryan Danielson, please. Like how cool would that be too? Because I think we talked about it when Brandon was on about like all these like former ROH stars and stuff. Like I'm at like even just think about a possibility one day of. Like McGinnis just doesn't resign, and he just starts managing these guys on the Indies. Yeah. Like I would love, I would love to see Nigel like involved as like an on-air guy more than just a commentator. If it was like in Ring of Honor or in AEW or something, like I think he still has so much to contribute, like as an on-air guy beyond just like sitting at commentary for NXT UK or whatever he's doing right now. So it's like there's there. I mean, this is a this is a, such an interesting time because there's these options now and these guys who you would have figured would never leave the WWE. Like they're, they have, they have reason to leave. Now. Well, and it's like, it's, what I love is, is it's not Dixie Carter being like, who's Nigel McGinnis. What, what yes. is a, why Samoa Joe was never WWE champion. Why would people want to see him so much? Like Tony gets it. You don't have no, to explain yeah. Tony, nothing. Tony no, gets no, it. The, this is the this wheels is, are already spinning. This is Tony Khan driving up to Toy Vomit and going to the pegs and going, All right, you got a, ben, you got a Brian Danielson in stock? Let's go. Yeah, that time, baby. Yeah, like, I yeah. Mean, let me get my AW Unrivaled Omega, let me get yep. my Brian Danielson, and let's do this. Like, yep. yeah, that's that's crazy. And he did say, though, he did say that people were wrong about his contract expiring in September. So that was kind of the first hint. And then it's like when he talked about him having to leave SmackDown, um, if he lost the match, like this was all our hope. But man, like this is really, this is really wild. Exciting! I'm going to be very disappointed if you. Re- I mean, I'll be happy for him. On a- I better not hear no damn Big Show come out and be like, "We've got another surprising announcement on Double or Nothing." Like, dude, don't give this thing away. Like, I know that they were like, "Oh, we'd rather have this on TNT and you know, advertised and no surprises." But like, man, that's a surprise moment if I've ever seen one. Oh my god! Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's other guys, too. I mean, if they really wanted to, like... I mean, Dana Bryan's who we're talking about now, obviously, but, like, just knowing that Samoa Joe's out there and all this stuff. I mean, say what you will about these other people, but, I mean, like, Loki's out there, Homicide's out there. I mean, like, you really could do something at some point with, like, Brian Danielson and these other guys he has all this history with. Like, yeah. I mean, imagine, like, imagine... I mean, Dana Bryan versus Homicide right now would be a lot of fun, just one-on-one. Just do it at a random a random ring of honor or, a, or an indie show. Yep. Or something. I mean, like there's, there's so much cool stuff you can do with him and he would, and you know, he'd be down for it. Like, this is probably what he's been waiting for for years is like, ever since he got, you know, um, cleared to come back to the ring, he's probably felt really like just really in like a limbo. Cause he's kind of just spinning his wheels over and over. Now he has this whole world opening back up to him. Like this has got to be. Like, well, and like, and what's crazy too. What's crazy, too, is it's like it's not just Brian Danielson from Ring of Honor coming back. It's also like he's going to bring fans. He's a he oh, yeah. married a Bella. 
He he was on Total Divas a lot. He uh he he was champion. He had that huge moment at WrestleMania 30. Like he he will generate something. There will oh, yeah. be a buzz. So, yeah, I mean, and man. I'd much rather see him involved in CM Punk. Like you know, as far as like I think for sure can contribute so much more. You know. Um, Punk would create a lot of buzz because we haven't seen him in the ring in so long. But like Daniel O'Brien, I think would just be so much more valuable than a guy like CM Punk just overall. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, man. Just when you think that you got it figured out, you know. Yeah, I love it. I love hearing that. That's uh, uh, good for good for that, Brian Danielson. That, I, I, yeah, I hope that's to see fantastic. him. I hope to see him in AEW. I really do. Damn, Brandon! Uh, I, I, he just joined. Oh, wrong guy. Sorry about that. He just joined. Uh, we're about to bounce, but um, thanks for coming in and congratulations on Justin Fields. Uh, that should definitely change your franchise a little bit. And I love uh, the guard tackle that you guys took in Tevin Jenkins. He is a mauler, man. He is a beast. You will like him a lot. And uh, you guys are going to beat the Vikings twice a year. And uh, like I said, congratulations. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks for joining the chat, man. It's all good. I'm a Vikings fan, as you can tell. But I, if I was a Bears fan, I'd be very happy because Kyle, or what Justin Fields is his name, seems seems like yeah. much a, a much a much 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 improved. Uh, because I don't, I once again, I don't follow college football closely, but I do follow the NFL very closely, and I have been very happy with the Chicago Bears quarterback situation lately because it has been pretty bad. Uh, but now I'm a little bit worried about that. So I will say this though: uh, thank you for joining the chat, and we are both probably thinking the same thing in hopes that Aaron Rodgers leaves the NFC North very soon. So. Yeah, he absolutely hates Aaron Rodgers. I mean, if you're in the <laughs> NFC North, you absolutely hate Aaron. I hate Aaron well, Rodgers, and I'm in the NFC East. Well, I I like Aaron Rodgers. I just hate that he plays for the the Packers. Like I, no, I don't I don't like him. He he can, he can go straight to hell. Like I I hate the guy. But um, but like it's weird. Like I respect <laughs> him though, and I fear him. Like I absolutely fear him. There's not very many quarterbacks that I fear. I fear that guy. So um, it's not you know like the days of like I want to beat the best to be the best. I don't give a damn. I will. I will play your backups for all I care. Like I want to win. That's it. Yeah. You know, I had this theory, like when I was like 20, I'm like, you know, for sure by the time I'm 30, the Cowboys will win a Super Bowl again. I'm knocking on 40 soon. I'm not too far away and it ain't looking so good. So now I'm like, damn, can I just get a win before I die? Can I just get a Super Bowl before I die? That's all I'm asking. And I know, I know, I know, I know you never won one. But yep. I've never won one being a dedicated diehard fan. And I, I want to feel that so bad. I want to win. And uh, I'm just yeah. I'm I'm just tired of losing and getting close and being like the best team in the whole damn conference. And not even being able to get out of the second round, like it just drives me crazy. Yep. Brandon's in the super chat, so we gotta keep this thing going. 
Lately, I've been thinking of how to tell my kids how wrestling was in the 90s. How would you guys tell someone from today's generation how it was in the 90s? Well, one, I'd have to... I'd have to... They'd have to be comfortable with what they would, what I would have watched and what I would have seen. So if I'm going to tell, talk to you about the Attitude Era and you don't know much about beer drinking and girls flashing and suck it's and all that stuff like it's going to be hard for me to describe what it was like right um and it but it depends right because if it's just like hogan and the macho man and mr perfect and all that era that's easy you know it was colorful it was uh just like larger than life superheroes each person had their own character um and it was very character driven and it was very simplistic, but entertaining, um, stuff like that, right? But the 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 attitude era, if that's what you're talking about, like that's going to be a tough one because um, yes, there's things that are inappropriate and all that stuff, but you kind of got to do it like a movie, right? Like if you were able to watch this movie and you were able to be entertained by that, then that's why you would be like entertained by this as well type thing. Plus it was also just a time about being rebellious, right? Like you're having a guy go up to a rich businessman and being like, F you, I'm not doing what you say. And it's just like, yeah. Cause then you're, you're, you're thinking to yourself, like, like how you would approach a teacher or how you'd approach authority. So it fit right into that generation. Um, so, so I, I, I it, it would be a lot like that too. Like, just yeah. kind of ex- describing what the country was kind of going through in the nineties. And, and a lot of things were really like a lot of them weren't off limits. Like you could pretty much do anything in the nineties. Yeah. Another thing that I would try to like, I don't have kids of my own, but like, you know, if I were, I, I think, I think something that I think would be, it seems so obvious for me to say, or for you to hear, but like for a kid, they they probably wouldn't I would I would try to like fully explain to them when you're watching what you're watching that like the internet wasn't what it is today too because yeah. that's what made Definitely. it so much fun was like you didn't know who was gonna show up on Nitro from Raw or vice versa or you didn't know like you know some people might have known like during certain years and stuff but like for the most part the, the audience didn't know like you know Mike Awesome, he's on WCW, but isn't he the ECW champion? How is this happening? But like, yeah. you know, we didn't, yeah. not everyone was just on the internet or on Twitter or whatever. Like, so that's part of what I think made it so much fun too, was like the unknown. Now, now the, 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 everyone's so connected through the internet that you, you know, everyone knows so much about wrestling and who's wrestling where and contracts coming up and all that kind of stuff. But like, part of what made like the mid nineties for me, especially so much fun was just that element of not knowing as much as I do about wrestling because the internet just, just wasn't what it is today. So, um, yeah, if you can kind of, which, which is able to capture, which is able to capture true emotion, right? Like you, if you already know what's going to happen, you can't just go crazy in the stands, but if you had no idea and all of a sudden someone's music hits, it's just like, you know, so it's 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 oh, yeah. such a different dynamic. 
Um, and then that's why. I recommend showing him. Oh, so I was going to say, yeah, I recommend showing him Jericho. I'd recommend showing your, your kid Jericho's debut in the WWF. Because I think that's yeah. a perfect example of like, you hear the crowd and they're, and all they saw was the word Jericho. And it meant so yeah. much. Like WCW yeah. to WWF, mid-card guy who was undervalued, maybe being a main eventer, the rocks in the ring. And just you hear the response. And like, that was all. The internet was around, and some people kind of had an idea, but most people didn't, and that was still the reaction, yeah. you know? I agree with that. Yeah, and, like, another thing is, too, is, um, like, that's why we want the, the, the Brian Danielson debut with the lights out where nobody knows because we want that feeling again because yes. sometimes we do get shocked. Sometimes we do get surprised, and that's what it was like, like, all the time, like – because nobody knew what was going to happen. You know, nobody knew that Vince was going to reveal himself as the higher power and be like, it was me, Austin. It's me, Austin. It was me all along. Like, nobody knew that. They they, they can but guess, they but like... Christopher Daniels. Right, right. But like, there, there was no... Um, there was no like confirmation like this is what it's going to be and this is going to sh- this person's sign this person's contracts up so they will be here nothing like that so that was a that's a huge piece too is just the art of surprise um and, and the, the internet definitely killed that it definitely and, killed and, that and 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 kayfabe right cuz you had like yeah. when i was a kid like i thought kevin sullivan was like the devil you know what I mean? Like, like now, <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? But like now, I, just, I thought like, Papa Shango you know, was like legit voodoo. I was really worried that he would find my voodoo doll and decide to stab it. Like, I didn't but, know, but, you know, but, but now they'd be on Twitter and like, you'd know, they were just like normal people. You know what I mean? Like, not only that, you would know that like, you would know that Papa Shango is comma and the Godfather with his hose, like, you would have never guessed any of that, that these would all be the same people, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's what I think. I mean, if you can somehow kind of relay all that to, to your kids, you know, when they're, when they're watching, just, I guess all that kind of rolled up into one kayfabe still existing, the internet not being as prevalent and, um, and just the whole idea. I mean, just these large, these larger than life characters that, you know, you gotta imagine like, a guy like Hulk Hogan to be as massively worldwide popular as he was pre-internet, just how incredible that is. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, it's just really mind blowing to be that big of a worldwide, a guy like a Michael Jordan or like a Ken Griffey Jr. or something like that, where like there was no internet, there was no Twitter and Instagram where you could have these millions of followers. And then like, you had to just be like organically and or like marketed so heavily that everyone in the world knew who you were without having the internet. Like that's really mind. Well, and like, I think like they did, they did, they did stuff like when earthquake, like destroyed Hogan and he's like convulsing and all that. And you're thinking his career's almost over. Like what they would do is they would have fans like send letters to Hogan to, to make sure that he's okay and to wish him well. And then, they would get those addresses from people and send like WWE catalogs and all that stuff. Like that's how they would. And I mean, they would get like hundreds of thousands of letters that people like legit wrote and were sent to make sure that Hogan's okay. 
Like it was just yeah. a totally different time back then. The, you know, the, they had to they had to go to the athletic commission state by state, like they were boxing and like get it approved because they were trying to come off like a legitimate sport. I mean, like yeah, that's and that's something a lot of people don't realize. A big reason why Vince came public with the whole. WWE or WWF is entertainment based and blah blah blah, so they didn't have to keep paying the commissions because at the, for that whole time they were they were trying to play it like it was a real sport. Like that's how much this has changed in the last. You know, Macho Man lit Macho Man literally filed separation papers with Elizabeth while they were married, just so it could look like that they were not married. Like so nobody could dig it up and be like, oh, they're still married. Like filed separation papers. While they were broke up, but they were actually still together, you know, like they yeah. went through crazy links to keep this thing like hey. tied down secret. The 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 big the biggest brain move ever was Brian Pillman working Eric Bischoff and letting him out of his contract, like like, that's, like for real, like, like let him let him out of his like Eric Bischoff thought that he was in on it, but like he was actually getting worked the whole time. Like that's amazing. Yep. That that stuff just doesn't happen anymore. Yep. Absolutely. Awesome, man. Crazy times. But it's such a great era. Like, I'm so glad I grew up in the era that I did. Um, Me too, man. And it's like when you you grow up with, like, the 80s of the Hogans, the Macho Mans, the Million Dollar Mans, the Mr. Perfects, the Ultimate Warriors, all that. And then you get the 90s, like, with, with Austin, Rock, Triple H, Stone Cold, the Undertaker, the NWO on WCW, Sting from the Rafters, all that. Glacier. Sure. Uh, <laughs> all that, right? And then and then you mix it in with the crazy indies of Ring of Honor and, and uh, TNA and all that. Like, how do, you not, how do you not be a lifelong wrestling fan? You know what I mean? Like, all these eras were so great and yes, some were better than others, but man, they all had so much meaning. And, and, and honestly, I think this era is great. Like from AEW, new Japan and, and impact and like ROH and the whole nine Indies and never been bigger. And like every show is viewable and you can watch like PWG, like all of it. Like there's just been so much great wrestling and then you mix mixed martial arts on top of it, right? And you get UFC and everything else that's going on. So there's just so much great content out there. And I just I just don't see it going away unless we just get totally soft and violence isn't allowed anymore. You know what I mean? Something like that. So let's hope we never get to that utopian state. No, I never want to get to that point. I never want there to never I, I never want there to not be pro wrestling. Like you know, not pro wrestling, just, no MMA, no football, no contact, no nothing. Like you're just, we're just all is one, and we're all one happy being. And you know what I mean? All yeah, right, Brent's got one last mean, question just, for us. Uh, yeah. One last question: What was your opinion on the 1997 Heart Foundation with Brett Owen, Jim Davy, and Brian? I get sad thinking about them today. You know, like I really feel like they never really got to thrive. Like, they were really starting to get over, and then Brett was out. You know what I mean? Like, imagine what they could have been if they if Brett had signed long-term with the WWF and if it would have been, like, DX versus the Hart Foundation, like, legit DX versus the Hart Foundation. 
I think that could have been massive, especially if Sean never got hurt. And it was like Sean, the leader of DX versus the Hart Foundation in like a serious way, not like just a couple of months and then it's done, like something serious. I think that would have been incredible. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I'm unfortunately, I'm, I was like, I didn't get to see peak. I did, but I didn't. Like, I was still more WCW at the time, but I was aware yeah. of what the WWF was doing. Um, but then, like, I recently went back after we talked about it. I went back and rewatched yeah. Canadian Stampede like a few weeks ago. Amazing. And, like, yeah, when you see that, it just really puts it into perspective of, like, just, I mean, the whole Hart found the whole Hart family and the whole Hart Foundation, but, like, even more specifically, Bret Hart, like, that dude really yes. is like if somebody if, if somebody said like if you, if the best wrestler of all time is so subjective depending on what you like and, and all that stuff like for me it's Jericho but like that's just me like I I, I would understand if somebody said Brett the Handman Hart's the best wrestler of all time I wouldn't argue it I'd be like you know what that that's a good answer you know what I mean like that's yeah that's how good Brett was and it's just unfortunate yep. we never got to see the full potential of Owen. Uh, ever, ever after the screw job, you know, bulldog was never the same, you know, it's in Nightheart, like it's, but, but, uh, oh, what, what's the guy's name? He sent the super chat, the bears fan, Brandon, 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 his name is Brandon also. Okay. Brandon, yeah. Brandon. Um, I, I, I think that's a great question though, because I think that the heart foundation could have been a lot bigger than they were. The timing just wasn't great. In, in the grand yeah. scheme of things. So not yeah. only that, like it, it, it was like he turned heel, but he was kind of against it at first. And so like, it wasn't something that was like really planned and like natural, like it, it did kind of happen organically, but it just happened at the tail end. Like, man, I, I just think it could have been crazy. And it was like an anti-American group, but it was like telling us the truth. Like it, right. everything that they kind of said about America, it was kind of true. And we knew it. It was like, I'll oh, screw you, you know, because the, the truth stings way more. And and then on top of that, like it wasn't this cheesy Vince version of some like outrageous foreigner that's just like, oh, America sucks. Oh, you know, like it, it was like it felt real. And then not only that there were certain times where these guys were massive baby faces when they came to Canada. So it was like, you could yeah. feel that like country against country pride. And you could see that like, it's like, wow, these guys are like heroes there, but they're hated here. You know what I mean? Like it was cool. It was, it was rare. And like I said, it was something that was totally not Vince's idea of anti-American. Cause we've all seen Vince's like anti-American. It's like, Sergeant Slaughter with the Saudis and stuff like that. Muhammad Hassan. Muhammad Hassan. Junk like that. Yeah. Right. So, like, to, to see something that was so much more natural, it was uh, it was really cool. I, I think that they're definitely an underrated group. Yeah, and even to piggyback on that just, uh, just very briefly, I thought that the Un-Americans during the, like, the original brand split could have been a lot bigger for, like, the same exact reasons. Like, remember when it was, like, yep. Test and Christian and Plant Storm and those guys? Like, um, same, basically, basically the same idea with a lot of really talented guys. Not only that, just real quick, like, could you imagine if Eric Bischoff would have just done us a solid 
and just mainly focused on Bret Hart, the wrestler, and just like booked him with matches of like Chris Jericho, Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko, like literally all the best WCW workers that they had, like what kind of matches we would have got out of Bret Hart and WCW. Like we got a couple of Chris Benoit matches. We got like a Sting match. We got like a Booker T match, uh, old Mr. Perfect match, a Macho Man match, like from way back. But like the Goldberg thing. Yeah, the, of course the Goldberg thing, and then like the WCW Silver and Black NWO garbage. Yeah, but like giant, it was just yeah. such a such a giant miss. And like if he had just focused on Brett just being like the ultimate wrestler. And facing like the best wrestlers, like dude, like we could have had some of some unbelievable stuff from Brett and WCW. Well, and you know that he wanted that too. Just I, I remember like random promos he did where he'd be putting over like Silver King and stuff. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah, he's over yep. there talking about like these these wrestlers. L Dandy, like, the L Dandy promo is like yeah. one of those promos that had absolutely no business being over. But like, I mean, I like Bill. Bill used to have like just tapes, right? VHS tapes, and we found like the Thunder tapes, and we just found that like randomly, like we just popped in a Thunder tape. We saw that Brett promo, and I mean, we died laughing. We thought it was the funniest <laughs> thing, and like, I saw an interview with Sean Ross Sapp that did it. He did yeah. a, a uh, with Brett, and he brought up the old dandy thing, and it's just like, dude, like that thing's. That that stuck. Like it was it was hilarious. And if Brett could have done some more stuff like that, like it, they just really, really didn't use him well. Yeah. Oh, I, I totally agree. And it was really, really sad that because my perspective was so and not not necessarily unique because I think a lot of people were in the same shoes I was, but like, you know, once again, we're talking pretty much pre-internet being a big deal and all that stuff. So I had seen Bret Hart as this guy who I knew was supposed to be this great technical wrestler. But when I saw him wrestle Shawn Michaels, I always thought Shawn Michaels was cooler. Then before I knew yep. it, Bret was out. Then before I knew it, Bret was out of WWF. He's wrestling yep. for WCW. And, and I'm sitting there waiting, like, when am I get like, why, like, why is Bret Hart such a big deal? Like, I want to see why it's such a big deal. And then he totally flopped in WCW because of the writing. So up until like his run was over and then I started going back and realizing it, it's like, Oh my God, I can only imagine how frustrated like the fans of Bret Hart from the eighties that followed him from the eighties through the WWF into WCW, how frustrated they must've been watching that. Yeah, it was was crazy, but yeah, I mean, that's just always going to be one of the biggest ball drops ever. And like, people are going to blame Brett's ego and all that stuff. And like, Hogan and Brett should have absolutely happened. Like, that's just nonsense. And I know he's bitter at Hogan about it. And I know Hogan's definitely at fault on it, too. But but Brett is one of those guys that it was never his fault. Everybody else's fault. And I think it's a little bit always in the middle, right? Like, at the end of yeah. the day, yes, he was upset about the screw job, but he also refused to job Sean on his yeah. last book date. Like, that was I his last that. date that he was with the company. 
I sided with the WWF on that, by the way. Like, I would have done the same thing. Like, you couldn't just let him keep bring the belt. They, they, we'd seen what happened with Medusa. You just couldn't risk that. So, Not only that, Brett's extremely bitter. He's upset how things turned out. You gave him a 20-year contract, and then all of a sudden you call him and let him know, hey, never mind. Like, we're not going to do that. So he, who knows what he would have decided to do. Well, he – but the other side of that, not necessarily that it's that much better, but like the real story there also, though, to be fair, was that he was still going to get all the money. It was just going to come later. So like it wasn't yeah. like the WWF was just going to be like, we're going to send a nullify your contract and like screw you. It was like, hey, we can't afford what we promised you, but like you're going to get all this money. It's just going to be worked out similar to how it works with a lot of NFL contracts where stuff gets pushed out a few years later, but you still wind up getting all the money. So well, and like at the end of the day, too, if he would have lost to, to Stone Cold in Canada, I don't think he'd give a crap. I, it's just it was Sean. It was Sean. That's yeah, what it was Sean. That, but but that's the WWF's decision. Like they wanted Sean to be their next champion. So like, regardless of how you feel about him, if you're Bret Hart, like that's who you that's who you have to lose. Because at the end of the day, it's all predetermined, anyways. And that and that's. And that's where Brett is his own biggest fan and, and his views on professional yeah. wrestling and the way he was brought up with his family and the dungeon and all that stuff. I get it. But like at the end of the day, like I don't feel any less about, I would, you know what I mean? As an adult fan, I wouldn't feel any less about Brett Hart losing to Shawn Michaels. Cause I know it all isn't, it isn't real to begin with. So like, right. You know, it just is what it is, but I wish, I wish Brett would have just dropped the title to him. And then I think, Things would have just worked out so much differently, y'all. But but then again, we maybe never, don't get the the Mister Man character, and the you know maybe Stone Cold doesn't become as big because of it. And, Which is know, why so many people ways. think it was a work. And so that's why a lot of people think it was a work because it set up the Attitude Era, it set up Mister McMahon, it set up the whole thing. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think it was a work. But it, it it's why people think it was because it, it, right. it almost worked out perfectly for the WWE and it worked out terribly for Bret Hart and WCW. So, well, it's it, like the wrestlers that are saying it's a work are like Scott Hall, and it's like how much credibility is X Pac hold? You know, yeah, right. People in the click, <laughs> people that are trying to get so. that Chizak. Yeah, exactly. All right, man. Well, I don't want to keep you in your car forever. You've definitely been a trooper and hung in there for all this. I really appreciate it. Everyone uh, owes Stephen a, a debt of gratitude. So <laughs> if you could kindly hit that like button, I'd appreciate it if you're still in here. And also, guys, like when this is done, if you could just leave a little comment down at the bottom, you know, say what you liked and what we talked about, what you would like us to cover, some of your favorite parts of what we did talk about. I'd appreciate it. Just I want to hear constant feedback because I want to I want to keep evolving this thing and making it the best content for you guys. I know that we're distributing good content. I know that we're having great conversations and uh, I just need more eyeballs on it. I need people to see this because I really think that we have a uh, really good chemistry and we really discuss real conversations in pro wrestling and mixed martial arts. We don't give you the sugar coded version we don't give you the bump version we don't give you that corporate crap we we talk about real topics and real things and we don't shy away from a bunch of stuff so definitely uh always enjoy these every week and uh i what i'll probably do since blood and guts is such a big deal is i will likely review it after the show and i will post a video of my review tomorrow 
uh, night. If it's not tomorrow night, it will be there the next day in the morning. So keep your eye out on that. And, uh, and like I said, let me know, give me feedback guys. What do you guys want to see? What would you, what individual videos would you like to talk about? What topics would you like me and Steven to cover? Um, we're open to ideas. So I really appreciate it. Um, like I said, hit the like button, subscribe. And if you like this content, all you gotta do, share it out, share it out, show it to your friends, post it on Twitter, post it on Facebook, whoever's a wrestling fan, and let's grow this thing together. And uh, like I said, I really appreciate you guys. And anybody, anybody who like tweets it, if you tag me, I'm fight talk underscore Doug is all the Doug. Like I'll make sure to retweet anything that y'all like. I'll, I'll answer questions. Like if you have other questions and stuff that you have, like I'm more than willing to like be as interactive as possible with anybody who takes their time to watch these shows. So. Um, and then I'll also follow people once, like, I know you're cool and like you, I, I, I'm always skeptical at first to follow people cause I never know like people's intentions, but after and I see a couple good tweets and I'm like, all right, I'll shoot that follow. And then who knows, like me and Doug became friends because I was a fan of his show back in the day. And then we were always mm-hmm. tweeting about like the UFC and stuff. And then like, we became friends, you know what I mean? Like, I'd love to become yeah. friends with more people that like wrestling. And if you're in here watching these chats, like. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, I'm literally just like everybody watching right now. Everybody that I'm watching this, I was in your shoes watching other people on YouTube before I was doing this. So like any feedback is awesome. Those thumbs ups help a lot on the videos, sharing it, subscribing. And here's the thing, y'all, all that stuff is 100% free and it helps us more than you realize. So, uh, so thank you. Literally thank you to each and every person who watches this. We really, really appreciate it. All right, guys, till next time. Everybody, enjoy Blood and Guts. We've been waiting for this for over a year, this type of match. I really hope AEW delivers. This is the time. And, hey, Brian Danielson is a free agent now. So who knows who could pop up? Who knows what's coming in the next couple of weeks? Um, Let's definitely hope we have a lot to talk about. And one last thing, my boy Will Ospreay retained his title, still New Japan champion, and he will be facing Okada at the Dome. So, can't wait for that. And uh, yeah, we got a lot of stuff to talk about in the future. So take care, guys, and we'll catch you next time.